0: This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM
1: content.
2: Red Tops warn us to make the most of the warm weather over the coming days. If you think 18 or 19 for the next two or or two is warm, because they're saying it's going to fizzle out by Friday. But at least we've got, uh, you know, perhaps if Thursday works out, it'll be nice. Headline in the paper say it's time. The Irish weather will just end up doing its usual thing during the summer, which is taunting us with the odd good day, teasing us with the odd good day, and then going away again (laughs) for long periods. So we just have to take, we're on the west, we're on the west of Europe, like we're facing the Atlantic and all that it brings. What can you do? We're not the Mediterranean. Isn't that very tragic news? That story that makes the front of many papers today. Um, This elderly couple who could have laid dead in their home for over a year. Front of the mirror says, elderly couple found dead at home. Gardee probed the pair in their 70s who hadn't been seen for more than a year. It's a story out of South Tipperary. It's absolutely tragic, because when you, when you read into it, neighbours apparently were under the impression that they'd moved from their house and that they'd moved away, the apparently. The couple were very much kept to themselves, very private. It wouldn't have been known to many people, but, you know, the only, you know the way, just the odd hello here and there, but other than that, you know, maybe just passing them on the street or in town. Um, They've gone out for the odd walk, but they had the impression that they had moved house. But then, apparently, some locals became suspicious in recent days for whatever reason, and the Gardaí were called, and then this awfully tragic discovery was made. Very, very sad elderly couple who could have been dead at home for well over a year, or up to a year, I should say. Uh, when you talk of elderly people then, there's a story in The Independent this morning that talks of uh, psychological and financial abuse of the elderly. And that's something that we've spoken about on this programme uh, on a numerous numerous occasions. It's something that's very close to the heart of the uh, of the um of the man who works very much with the elderly down through the decades and that's Paddy O'Brien but vulnerable elderly people have been cheated of their money he said all this before paddy abused by members of their family and more so than ever during the pandemic so psychological and financial abuse the uh, reports actually to services have doubled um certainly with regards to psychological and financial abuse of people over the age of 65 if you looked at 2020 it was 1800 and when you look at the following year, two and a half thousand. So there, it is on the rise and only getting worse. Pretty much like everything else is on the rise here. Creshes now are saying if anybody comes anywhere near suggesting freezing fees for creches in Ireland, then childcare providers will be threatened or will be forced to close their services because the profit margins, I suppose, are so tiny, or at least that's what they're saying, because all of their fees are going up, and I suppose come the autumn, creches and childcare and play schools and all sorts of stuff like that um, will have to um, bear the brunt of increased fuel prices. Will they be able to pass it on? Will they uh, decide to increase their fees in the autumn? Who knows? Uh, but there won't be any uh, you know, mini budget. It ain't going to happen. There will be no relief whatsoever until budget. So that will be uh, a long time to come. It certainly won't be before the autumn. So what they're pretty much saying, and the Star puts it very well this morning, is that families need to struggle on on their own. But uh, what will happen when it comes? Well, they're suggesting that what they need to look at is childcare, housing, transport, energy, wages and social welfare. That pretty much covers it. Uh, Well, it it goes some way. You know, when you talk of, of petrol and diesel prices, why is it that? I'd love somebody to be able to answer this question. Why is it that there's such a disparity, by and large, right? Huge disparity between the cost of petrol and diesel in the city and the suburbs and the cost of petrol and diesel in the county? particularly, I, I, I can't give any, any evidence of, of, of West Cork, but certainly uh, as you head north of the county uh, and over the county bounds and through all of the different towns and villages you go along there, whether it's Lasarda or Ovens or you head through McCroom or you go to Balivorny and Ballymacara, like it's, it's a euro it's €2.12 for petrol a lot of the time and €2.11 for diesel. Now, I know there are exceptions to that, but you can get much I mean, it's not value, don't get me wrong, it's far from value but better value in the county than the city I can understand why you heard that story then with regards to Asian cars Japanese imports as the fella says they're the ones that thieves want to steal because they're not fitted with immobilisers and this is a story that makes the examiner today and they also say in the examiner the average age of an Irish home buyer is now 38 years old I don't know what it would have been say 10 years ago or 20 years ago I'd be interested to see probably younger than that Uh, because it's taken them that long now to get a deposit and savings together, 38. But I will return to housing and rental prices uh, throughout the course of the morning. But do you see the COVID wave? I'm hearing of an awful lot more people who are out of work now again because of COVID in the last couple of days. Uh, Three or four people that I know are associated with are all hunkering down at home so there's a concern now uh, of uh, what they call in the red tops a huge rise in the number of people being admitted to hospital uh, with covid and i have some stats actually on who's in hospital and what they're in there with but whether or not mandatory face masks will come back or not i really don't know there's a chance that they could there's a chance that they could certainly on public transport Perhaps, I don't know whether it will happen in supermarkets and shopping malls and what have you. I mean, the INMO, who represent the nurses, are calling for a return to mandatory mask wearing, certainly on public transport. But apparently experts are saying that mask wearing uh, might make very little difference to the spread of COVID. Isn't it amazing how people's opinions on things change, certainly with regards to mask wearing? Uh, A lot of incidents then before the courts of late. And there's one horrific story of a man who gave his girlfriend such A vicious beating. She tried to get away on a number of occasions and he pinned her inside in the bedroom and she tried to get out and he told her, you're not going anywhere. He slammed the bedroom door, began strangling her, slapping her again and at one stage he propped her up and he asked her if she was ready for round two and then subjected her to further vicious assaults. Thankfully, this guy, a 33-year-old fellow above in Dublin called Saunders, uh, he got jailed for that. He was jailed for three years, and some are suggesting it wasn't half long enough. And then uh, before the Cork courts yesterday was an interesting one where the judge, Helen uh, Boyle, Judge Boyle said that citizens of Cork should be able to walk through the city without fear of being assaulted, or even having to walk past and witness the various assaults that unfortunately we see in the city. It was a story from dawn square outside mcdonald's which can be a bit of a pinch point actually a bit of a flashpoint on winthrop street in that area Fellow so called whittington was before the courts and he would never been in trouble before and in fact the judge actually said that there was a very good chance that he never would be again uh, but he kicked a fella in the head by all accounts and so the story behind it is the person the injured party was first pushed to the ground outside mcdonald's right by another person who wasn't in court And as he was getting back up, he got a kick in the head from Daniel Whittington. Now, the judge said it must be marked by a prison sentence. She says, I measure it at an 18-month prison sentence. But regarding the mitigating factors, I will suspend the sentence in its entirety. So that was before the core courts yesterday. We had the Joint Policing Committee meeting yesterday where... A lot of the, the stakeholders in the city meet on a monthly basis to discuss issues and ongoing issues. And the chief superintendent said that Cork was in a, in a good place at the moment. He said Cork City is safe. And you know something? It would be safe if people would just cop the hell on uh, and just go about their business and behave themselves and stop acting the fool and acting the idiot. And respect the guardie and don't be giving them grief and help them with their job. I'm just sick of all of this guard bashing these days. Every single time there's criminal activity in the city, for some reason, people blame the guards. I mean, it's not the guards' fault. There's not enough guards or squad cars. There wouldn't be a need for half of them if people would just cop the hell on. I see also that, um, the independent, or the, uh, the Gale councillor, Shane O'Callaghan, um, was also talking at council because we had a council meeting last night. He put a motion forward asking Cork City Council to get on to the Justice Minister to reduce the age, the minimum legal drinking age, from 18 to 16. Don't know what the Gardaí would make of that, but uh, he said that he was prompted because he recently recovered several bags of empty beer bottles and cans while cleaning a wooded area, and it was clearly evident to him that those that were drinking them were underage. Now, he gets a bit of a bum rap in the papers today because he said a little bit more than that, which I will come back to. Like he said, that it's legal to purchase beer or wine in Germany at the age of 16 but it isn't legal to purchase spirits until you're 18. So he's looking for a gradual introduction to the less harmful drinks first. And you know there's kind of a point to that because young people now, some, I mean, they drink beer, don't get me wrong, and craft beer, but more and more and more people of a younger age now go straight to spirits. They go straight for the gin, they go straight for the vodka, they go straight for the whiskey, they go straight for the rum. And any way of slowing that down has got to be a good thing. Your thoughts are welcome in that text 0868104106. Good to see Michael O'Leary rolling up the sleeves yesterday, wasn't it? He was helping passengers through security checks and stuff like that, which I think is fabulous. There's a lot then uh, to do with obesity. I won't have time to deal with it in the papers now but I may come back to it later on but I loved this story um, from Viga in Spain it makes the uh, Times UK this morning and also the uh, Telegraph where it says tourists face a 645 euro fine for spending a penny in the sea so if you pee in the sea in Vega in Spain you'll be fined 645 euro how they're going to prove it is beyond me. I don't know how they would be ever able to prove that somebody was peeing in the water. I mean, you can put a special dye in the entire ocean, like. So how they'd prove it or no. But they're also saying things like, um, also, people must not use uh, shampoo or soap in the sea. Who'd wash themselves? Or wash their hair in salt water anyway. And they're also saying that they are banning Washing cooking utensils in the water. And they're thinking of banning smoking. It's not the actual act of smoking, it's the goddamn cigarette butts that's annoying them. So, anyway, 645 euro fine for spending a penny in the sea. And you remember yesterday's program where we were talking about Cork Bio that reported that um, Spanish resort towns, restaurants ban Cork shirts, swim trunks, and tank tops. Um, that was a kind of a clickbait headline because they banned all. Um, sports tops but the headline in Cork Bio made it out that looked like it was Cork shirts that were banned so imagine the headline in Cork Bio today will be uh, Cork tourists banned from peeing in the sea
3: The Neil Prenderville Show Cork's number one talk show Pure Cork on Red FM
2: Morning all, text to your heart's content, text 0868104106, particularly if you have an interesting thought on whether or not, um, for the likes of beer anyway, uh, the drinking age in Ireland should be reduced, as Shane O'Cahillan suggests, from 18 uh, to 16. I mentioned stats there with regards to uh, the rise in COVID positive cases. Seven out of ten in hospital uh, are over 65 and half of those don't have their second vaccine. What, what is that saying? 7 out of 10 in hospital are over 65 with COVID. Is that what you're saying to me? Okay, okay. So 7 out of 10 in hospital with COVID uh, are over 65, and half of those within that age group haven't had even a second vaccine. That's according to the uh, health minister, Stephen Donnelly, in the last few minutes. Here we are again, lads, talking about COVID and what have you. We're just going to have to live with these waves. That's simple as that. Nothing else. Text 0868104,106. Straight to the phone lines we go. Sophie, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm well. Now, have you have you seen that ad that's up online? I have, yeah. Okay. Wait, do you want to explain it, or will I explain it? You go ahead. Um. So
4: basically, I was just reading an ad there, and it was like a house over in Bishopstown in particular. yeah. Okay.
2: So this is a large property. It says it contains six double bedrooms, each with their own private ensuite bathroom, which is fair enough. Yeah. But the rent for the entire house, when every single room is rented out in full will be 5,500 euro per month because they exactly. charge per room, right? Yeah. So the breakdown is the ground floor, 850 euro a month, the other ground floor, 850 euro a month, the third ground floor, 1,000 a month. On the first floor, room number four, 900 a month, room number five, 900 a month, and room number six. 1000 a month. Total for the entire property, 5500 per month. What do you make of that?
4: It's an absolute joke. Like, I myself now are in this um, predicament. Like, I've been living in Cork now the past two years. And in them two years, I've been living in temporary rooms. And I've moved, I'd say, maybe six or seven times in two years.
2: You say um, you're you're in a house where you share the house and you rent your yeah. own bedroom.
4: Exactly. Yeah.
2: How how and does that work? I mean, does is the like, you're you in a house share where you have full use of the entire house?
4: I'm at the moment. I'm in a house share where I have full use of the house, but um, I got a call there from the landlord saying that I have to move out in the next three weeks because the girl who was living in the room before me has to move back or something. And I got no indication when I moved in first that my room was temporary. So I have about three weeks now left where I'm staying. And, uh, and that
2: temporary room, how much is that costing you a month?
4: About five hundred a month
2: for the bedroom.
4: For the bedroom okay. alone, yeah.
2: And I'm not interested in where this is, obviously, because you know when you look at it, when you look at a, a total cost of five and a half thousand euro per month, where each of the rooms are being rented. That's not illegal. Some are suggesting it should be, but it's not. So, how many bedrooms are in the house that you're in?
5: Four.
2: Four. And each of them is being rented independent of each other? Yeah. Okay. And do you know the cost of the other bedrooms? Are they similar to you?
4: They're about the same price as me, yeah.
2: Okay, okay. 500, is it? Yeah. And then what do you do for bills then? How does that work out?
4: Um, It's split evenly between the four of us.
2: And does that work out as being fair?
4: Yeah, like we're sent the bills and then we just divide it between us. It could be maybe 50 or 60 euro extra than a month.
2: Okay. And are you looking online trying to find a room somewhere? A room now?
4: Honestly, I've been looking for maybe the last two weeks and I sent about 40 emails through Daft. I sent emails through Quark Rooms. I haven't got any single reply playoff. anybody. Rooms alone now are nearly 850 euro, and that's not including bills for a how standard room now. How much? About 850 euro. For a room? For a room alone, yeah.
2: Well, you're paying 500 for the room now, and if you're to manage yeah. to land another one, snap on another I'm bedroom...
4: 850
2: What the heck is that about?
4: It's absolutely ridiculous.
2: Plus bills for the bedroom.
4: Plus bills.
2: Okay, and And tell me about the rules um, that they have then. There's all sorts of rules and regulations, is there? Yeah,
4: like some people now have certain rules, like no couples, no students, you have to be over a certain age. I was looking at a room there and they were charging, I'd say, I think it was 675 euro. For this room alone but you weren't allowed to stay on the weekend you had to be out of the house by 12 o'clock on a friday you weren't allowed to come back to the house at eight o'clock on a monday evening
2: why what are they doing like, with the room that you're sleeping in at the week
4: it was just the rules that they had you weren't allowed to have any overnight guests like you're paying an awful lot of money for a room yet you can't even have a friend come over
2: but do they, do they re-rent the room at the weekend or something?
4: I'm not too sure.
2: I can't understand the logic behind it. Do the do the owners of the house live in the house or something?
4: Some of the owners do, some of the owners don't. It all really depends on the room itself. Okay. The room I was looking at now, that was the Monday to Friday, the owner was living in the house.
2: Right, okay, okay. See another one here. Single room en-suite available, 500 per month, includes parking. Rent is excluding bills. Bills are electricity, gas, bins, and Wi-Fi. No pets. Uh, this is again out near the, uh, the Bishopstown area. No couples, yeah. please. Yeah. Single rooms now are being rented. So, if if you look at that room that you are looked that you mentioned there for eight hundred euro, how many bedrooms were in that house?
4: Um, four, I think.
2: So that's a rent roll of three thousand two hundred a month. Exactly. You think that's fair?
4: Honestly, I don't think it's fair. Like, there's so many people struggling to even get a room now, and landlords are just upping prices lately. Like, a room now that I was in before I moved to this room, they were upping the rent an extra 200 per room. Because of inflation, they were just... They can just go up and up as they please.
2: Okay, so it sounds... It's no longer looking for an apartment or a house or a three-bed or two or three people coming together to try and afford the rent of a house landlords are now renting by the room but that's just pure and utter greed
4: 100% what are you going to do? I went with a couple of friends and we looked at apartments as well and I think this was about 6 months ago and I still haven't heard anything back from a rental agency
2: yeah I know, what will you do in a few weeks time?
4: honestly I don't even know Like, I'm trying my absolute hardest here to get a room, and it's just ridiculous with the prices. Like, I myself work full-time, and it's so hard, especially, I thought now, because I'd be working full-time, I've proof of employment, it would be easy enough to get a room, but it's actually so, so hard.
2: Yeah, I know. I know, it's a, and supply and demand dictates that it's a landlord's market, and that's why you have many of them flipping to renting by the room. Because the one, the the, the Bishopstown one is five thousand five hundred rent per month, which it's comes yeah, which comes in at over well over uh, sixty five thousand a year in rental.
4: And you know what? There is going to be people that are going
2: to go for it. Out of desperation, they are. They are.
4: Yeah.
2: Okay, listen, I hope things work out for you, Sophie. Do stay in touch, all right? Fingers crossed.
4: Yeah,
2: me too. If I hear of anything, be in touch with you, all right?
4: Thank you so much. Some
2: comments on that incidentally. This is greed at its highest. This ad is nearly as bad. Room for rent in the Wilson area only available Sunday to Friday, Neil absolutely shocking of that you can be sure nothing will change. The boys in power couldn 't give a toss about the Irish people. Uh, Eddie says the whole situation has been making me want to leave the country so badly. Even people on relatively good salaries are struggling to afford it now," says Eddie. Uh, meanwhile, Laura, Lauren Lyons, who uh, works here at uh, Red FM with us, um, is also uh, on the hunt for accommodation and has been cataloguing her experience over the recent six months. Or so, it's about six months, Lauren, or more.
6: Yeah, well, I, I moved up here in August, and luckily enough, I live with my. Well, I used to live with my grandparents, so my family live up in Cork, but. Obviously, I want my own freedom and whatnot. So I've been looking since about November, and I've gone to maybe about twenty viewings, and nothing has come of any of them. To
2: okay, be but you were lucky to get to twenty viewings following four hundred plus applications.
6: Yeah, it was one there a couple of weeks ago. I went to, and the one of the lads that I used to go to school with his friends with the person who was renting out the house, and he told me that you know, there's four hundred to five hundred applications on that house.
2: Oh how do how do you how do they whittle it down then to those that, that obviously no pets maybe yeah. is it a room you're looking for it's a room yeah. so there be no pets no couples no. you know no smoking no. all that kind of stuff so then yeah. they whittle it down and they yeah. get it down to maybe 20 does i would it, say
6: it's first come first served in some of them like yeah. as soon as something comes up i apply for it but even i may not even get a message back from them like
2: so how many of the, how many of them that you actually went to see that you heard anything back
6: uh, about four or five, maybe,
2: okay at okay. uh, the most and what kind of what kind of rent are they looking for for the bedrooms?
6: Um, well, my maximum budget is five hundred, and there's not much out there for that at the moment. Um like I'm on a Facebook rental page as well, and what I'm seeing is about nine hundred euro for a room for the bedroom, yeah, for the bedroom, for the bedroom
2: before yeah. you pay bills,
6: yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: What? There yeah. are there are countries across Europe where you can rent an entire house or apartment for that.
6: Yeah. And, and people are actually messaging the people like because they're that desperate to find accommodation. Like they're so paying that much money for a room. God.
2: Yeah. It's uh, and you, you said you were being shown you're shown around the houses. Like yeah. what, what what are they like inside?
6: Like some of them are really really nice. Um like I went to see one there about 2 months ago. Now, I would have loved it because it was only 5 minutes away from here. Um and it was a lovely house. It was newly renovated. It was about four fifty I'd say, which isn't Oh, that's too well bad. inside your
2: budget. That's yeah. well inside yeah. my budget,
6: but it's not it wasn't too bad. Um some places I've seen are about five fifty and I just can't afford that. Yeah. It's just it's not accommodating like
2: okay and these are four bedroom homes are they three bedroom homes of what
6: some of them were five some of them were three and some of them were four so it just depended on so
2: the five bedroom ones um yeah. they there would be there wouldn't be adapted rooms like where a lounge is turned into a bedroom or a dining room some of turned, them
6: yeah so yeah. the bedrooms
2: down on the ground floor and yeah. upstairs so they've yeah. adapted the homes to maximize the bedrooms yeah okay yeah. okay so a five bedroom then at, at 550 or 600 would be a rent roll of three thousand yeah because you'd never get three thousand if you rented the house as yeah. a home yeah so that's greed. Yeah. Yeah. It's purely maximizing profit out of other people's misfortune. Mm. How does that make you feel?
6: <sighs> like it's hard because because I'm I work full time. So like as the girl that you were just on the phone to there, like she thought that she would have been easily accessible for for a house because she works full time. It's it it's just, just tough. Like I'm I'm having to commute now from Dungarvan up and down to Dungarvan
2: every, every day. day.
6: Every day. Yeah, due to the fact that I just can't find a house.
2: And have you ever costed your petrol or diesel per week for that? Well, thank God, I don't
6: drive yet. Okay. I'm learning how to drive, so the buses are not...
2: Don't are, be in any rush, <laughs> sit behind the wheel. <laughs>
6: yeah, I haven't a few lessons, I have a few lessons left to go, but um, the buses are cheap enough, like, you know, it's, it's a fiver up and down, up and a fiver down, so it's not too bad.
2: But, but you you have to do that every day, twice a day. Yeah. 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 And you say you're on sites. What those sites, what are they? Other people like minded looking to club together to try and
6: yeah, rent like something. There's um a rental page on Facebook and there's there is people looking for other people to rent a house with them, so I kinda go with that as well. Um and then there's DAFT and there's rent as well. IE so there's there's hundreds and thousands of people looking for homes.
2: Yeah, there's a report out this morning. You just mentioned Daft. If you take a typical property in Cork, right, the rent is in the county now uh, one thousand two hundred and fifty eight euro. Right, mm. in the county, in the city, it's one thousand six hundred and seven euro. Okay, this is just typical rent for a typical um, three bedroom. Um, it's a lot higher than that in many places. Yeah, but if you look at, say, for instance, that property. Um, An average between the city and the county, you come in and say 1,300 euro, right? That would be a rent for a property in the county of Cork for 1,300 euro on rent. If you were able to get a mortgage on that property, right, the mortgage would cost you 676 euro. So the mortgage is 676 where you're buying it and owning Mm -hmm. it to rent the same property as 1300 it's over yeah. double the price
6: and i so see people not being able to get a mortgage even though they've proved that they're paying like a grand in rent every if month if you can pay
2: 1300 euro a month in rent why wouldn't the bank snap the hand off you and say we want to give you a mortgage because the mortgage is only 676 a month I don't know it's insane yeah what's your next move
6: <sighs> I'm still looking for places but to be honest for now it's just commuting up and down to Dungarvan every day five days a week
2: (laughs) there's a girl there's a text here that says would uh, Lauren consider staying in the country about five miles from the city we have an apartment at the back of our house and it's there it's a five mile commute though you ain't driving yet.
6: I ain't driving, but if it's on a bus route, I've no hassle. Well, g-
2: get your ass out there and get on the phone and see if it's available. Thanks for popping in. Thanks. Let me know how that goes. Thanks,
3: Lawrence.
2: we Will do. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after the break.
3: This is The Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp, 086-8104-106, Cork's
2: Red FM. And by text and by comment, uh, we were chatting there a while ago, rental prices at an all-time high, supply at an all-time low. Renting in Cork, truly a landlord's market, I was telling you. So that property went up on daft with a rental rate starting at 8.50 a month per room, going up to 1,000 per room in the upper floors and what have you. When you total it all up, then it comes to a total uh, rent roll for that one property of 5,500 euro per month. Uh, they break it down then into, uh, you know, new kitchen with fridge and freezer. You'd expect that, though, fridge and a freezer in the kitchen, wouldn't you? Counter space, you'd expect all of that. Uh, laundry room, you'd expect all of that. Um, uh, I don't know what the story is with uh, dining and lounge, if all of them are bedrooms or... I'm not quite sure about anything about that, but um, a lot of texts on it. Uh, people who bailed out this type of... Uh, and people bailed out this, this, these people who... Um, ultimately end up charging these kind of rents i don't know how they were bailed out but um maybe you should try and get uh, the landlord who's charging that on the air and ask them how they can justify five and a half grand grand five and a half thousand a month in rents disgraceful from whoever is renting it out Uh, this is shocking and the government is doing absolutely nothing about it roll on election time that will make a blind bit of difference there's another one then Um, this double room is rented on a five day a week basis from 6pm on Sunday to 5pm on Friday it does not include weekends although your personal effects can be left in the room through the weekend and you can stay occasional weekends by prior arrangement all bills are included etc well thank you for that for including the bills this uh, room is rented on a 5 day a week basis why like you can leave all your stuff in the room but you have to get out for the weekend why is that Thank uh, like, you. One or two more, this whole situation makes me want to leave this country. And then Bex also says, I left, impossible to even share now in this country. Sad days when it's better to leave and start again than try to continue to survive in Ireland. Just one or two more, Tara says, absolute disgrace, pure greed, taking advantage of people. Five and a half grand a month, sure the taxman will love that landlord. Um, And one or two more, the country's a joke, ripping people off left, right and centre, while all the politicians making uh, huge wages do F all. Only for the wages and perks that wouldn't be in the job in the first place, I'd say, says Lisa. And Carol says, disgusting prices, rip off Ireland, landlords should be done for extortion. It's not illegal, perhaps it should be illegal, but at this point, it isn't. Uh, Councillor Mary Linehan Foley um, is joining me by phone. May well be talking about um, issues in the county, because uh, she represent represents county constituencies. Mary, good morning.
7: Good morning, Neil.
2: Um, you want to you want to grasp the nettle, you say, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. I uh,
7: just I I listen. Um, I suppose. Look, I'm in this job now with the last twenty odd years, and and under
2: your watch as a, as a councillor in the county, you have seven and a half thousand people on a waiting list for a house. Yes,
7: yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And like at the end of the day, while Cork County Council, they. In my area, I suppose, in particular, they have built, there's 32 new houses available, social houses available. But, Neil, we're not even tipping the iceberg here. It's crazy out there at the moment, and I've never, ever seen it as bad in okay. my in my job. Okay, you know, when, you,
2: when you hear yeah. the latest development now, because you're talking about a rent freeze, a lot of politicians, and Féin, are talking about that as well. So you've got yeah. a property that contains six bedrooms, right? They may well all have yeah. their own private ensuite bathroom, whoop-de-doo. They're rented by the bedroom, where the rent roll for the landlord is five and a half thousand. When you hear of other people being told, you can rent a bedroom from Monday to Friday, but you've got to be out of there at the weekend. How do you feel about that?
7: I, I'm i just flabbergasted. I was listening there earlier uh, um, to the ladies that were on, and I'm flabbergasted. I just, I, I don't have any words really, Neil, for it, if I'm being honest. Well, and the I one think... word
2: that springs to mind is greed.
7: Yes, yes. That's one word you could Exploitation use. Exploitation is another. Yes, yes, 100%. I agree with you. I agree 100% with you. But I suppose I'm dealing every day with the more social aspect of it, in with social housing and people getting eviction notices or notices to quit. I don't deal with, um, I suppose, private letting in my job. I'm not a landlord, um, I don't have property, so I wouldn't be dealing with that side of it. Why not? You're a public rep.
2: You should be dealing for all people that vote for you, whether they have public housing or whether they rent privately.
7: I agree and I do represent them, but I can't help them with private property because I don't have it. I can help them get on the social housing list and I can help them, I suppose, do representation for them to be socially housed if you're within that. Why list.
2: would you be dealing with people who are being evicted from social housing?
7: are not being evicted from social housing, they'd be evicted from private properties. which okay. is what I'm dealing with every day. Yeah. It seems to be a seller's market, Neil, and what's happening is people that have been renting properties for the last maybe 8 to 10 years on a social housing list, um, these are the people that I'm dealing with, to try and get them their forever homes in social housing. So I'm at another scale, I suppose. Look, there's a housing crisis out there, there's no, no point in saying any difference, but Private landlords at the moment seem to be wanting to sell, giving notices to quit you, whatever length of time to get out of the property. And then they come to us as councillors. Where are we on the list? How far up are we? I'm going to be evicted and I'm going to be homeless with my family. Me, my kids, yeah,
2: whatever. I understand that. It's tr- And I hear those stories all of the time. Don't get me wrong. But meanwhile, what we have seen market wise is that landlords, okay, some have sold and got out, but the vast majority are still in it. And they've moved to Airbnb where they rent, by the week. because there's big money in Airbnb. They've now moved into this sneaky area of renting per room. So you've even said it, that they're taking advantage due to the lack of supply. So what's going to change that?
7: Well, look i can 't change it, I suppose at our level I can 't change it, but the government needs to step in here, and I think certainly they need to give more incentives for living over properties in main streets. i 'm living in one town, and us councilors had a conversation on this only last week. Um, we've so many properties in main streets that we were always lived in Neil that are empty now so like we'd be looking for some type of incentive for the property owners to rent out their rooms upstairs like they always were for living above shops and businesses on the main street of all our towns and villages there are there are properties laying idle with years in towns and villages okay and you,
2: and you list uh, middleton cove from Mitchelstown, mitchellstown mallow you as an example. Yeah. Thousands yeah. of vacant over-the-shop accommodation, where a light has never switched on.
7: Yeah, yeah, never switched on. And when I grew up, I grew up in the main street in Yall, and when I grew up in the main street in Yall, every business and every property that was on the main street there was people living overhead and I'm only talking about one town, this is all councillors spoken it a number of weeks ago um, for something to be done to give some incentive to the business business owners and property owners to get them back up on their feet, do up the properties and rent them out to people okay. it has always been the case Neil. Okay,
2: but why not at the same time um, freeze rents or put in rent control yeah. or say you cannot, yeah. you cannot rent per room at 800 euro per bedroom. You cannot rent a three bedroom house in a suburban or a county area for 18 or 1900. Just yeah. m- make it illegal to do that.
7: Yes, but we we can't do that at my level. Like, that's a department issue and that's a legislative issue. So, like, it wouldn't be something that we can change at my level in Cork County Council. This is something that the government seriously needs to look at, Neil. And, like, it's only getting worse. It's getting worse by the day. I'm seeing it every day. I have my usual phone calls and potholes, plannings, different things like that. But I can guarantee you, if you took my phone, at least six to seven calls every day is on housing.
2: And are they new calls every day?
7: New calls as well as older calls as well, yeah. New calls, Neil. And I like—I just can't figure out where this is after coming from. That people that have been renting, private renting under HAP under housing assistance payment or rental loans or whatever schemes are there. They've been living in these properties for maybe five, six years. They're on a social housing list. They're waiting to be housed. And then, boom, I get the call, Miriam, after getting a letter from my landlord, he's selling the property, I have to be out. So therefore, you've maybe two, three months...
2: Landlords are getting out at the top of the market, I would suggest. And others then who claim to be getting out actually aren't at all. They just want the tenant out so they can let it there for a few months and then advertise it again at substantially higher rents. Yeah,
7: but I would suggest, Neil, that... If anybody does get a notice to quit or ask to leave their property, certainly after a number of years of renting with no issues, I'm talking no arrears, no anything, they should be contacting um, thresholds because they can say then whether it's a legal one or not and they do look into it. They're very, very good. You know, they they work with Cork County Council and with other local authorities on it as well. But that's what I'm dealing with. So I'm dealing with the seller's, the ones that want to sell make big big profits before, I suppose, there's a bang going to come or before whatever's going to come. Maybe they know something that we don't know.
2: Let's see what happens. Let me get some more calls on air. Thank you, Mary Lynn Foley. Text 0868 104 106. Joanne, good morning.
8: Good morning, me.
2: I'm good, thank you. And I don't mean to generalise against all landlords. It's just, unfortunately, I hear of um, the, the ridiculous prices that um, are just becoming more and more prevalent. But you wanted to jump in as a landlord, is it?
8: As a landlord, I suppose I'm just after texting in because you can't pay to everyone with the same brush. Now, in saying that, I can see why landlords are charging extortionate. Now, some of them are greedy without a shadow of a doubt. In my circumstances, I am renting out a three-bedroom house in Douglas, in Frankfield, and I only charge twelve hundred euro a month. It covers my mortgage. It covers, you know, being registered with the PRTB insurance for the house. I actually make nothing on that house. I don't want to make nothing on it because I'll only end up paying 40% of it anyway to the tax man. So
2: We don't, don't know how of many of those that are charging substantially more than you are registered with the RTB or returning tax to revenue. We don't know.
8: We don't know. That's true. If it goes through the bank, you're definitely registered with the PRTB. If it's cash in hand, obviously there's a bit of dodgy dealings going on and stuff like that. But, you know, in relation to these landlords charging extortionate money, that's a business transaction for them. You know what I mean? In my circumstances, it was my first home and I just have a very I've a great fondness for the area in Douglas and I wanted to try and hold it that you know if my kids end up going to college
1: that they'll have a place to stay that they won't be paying extortionately. Yeah.
2: So it's kind of a vicious circle isn't yeah. it really. Um, because uh, you you say you're, ch- you're charging 1200 a month for a three bed uh, in Frankfield.
9: Yes. Yes. What could you okay one.
2: what could you potentially have got for it? 18 oh,
9: 1800.
8: No problem. no problem whatsoever. No problem whatsoever. More? My mother had I'd say you get eighteen, no problem. And I could push it if I wanted to get two. I'd say two, two, one. Yeah, Isn't two thousand one
2: hundred.
8: One hundred. Yeah, I'd say if I pushed it, you'd have no problem because the demand is there. Like there only recently. Um, but I would
2: you? Would, no, I hate cutting across you. But I yeah, would, would humbly suggest that you are the exception. Where somebody could potentially get twenty one hundred, and you're happy to try, take twelve hundred.
8: I mean, the you are the, ex- the, <laughs> the exception of the fool, It's the exception of the rule. You know what I mean? Everyone is on that gravy train. So you know what I mean. I'm either silly or yeah, I don't know. I've just a big heart, but my mother is the same. My mother has property, and I'm just dealing with her property at the moment. And um, one of the tenants handed in their notice. Beautiful two-bedroomed cottage out in the country, really nicely done, as in like a doll's house. And she's getting nine hundred euro
2: for it. Mm. And so, and is that and is that what she will get for it now in the current market? You're saying?
8: Oh God, yeah the tenants gave me notice that they will be moving out at the end of August and I didn't even put it on the market I contacted one of the like 20 people that contacted me with say two years ago and I was like oh this house is back up for rent if you have any interest so it didn't even have to go on the market and the first person that came back to me I was like oh hi you know still asking the same money and they were like can you send on pictures Send on pictures and they
1: were like oh we'll take it
8: they yeah, didn't even see
2: yeah. it. I understand. You know it uh, I know, unless it's very magnanimous of you, but I would suggest that, you know, your kind of uh, way of doing business is very much in the minority, I think. Um, because
8: I think so too. I just do. I think people need to be aware, though, all these people have mortgages on these houses as well. You know what I mean? They have to cover the mortgage. You don't know when they took it out. You don't know how for long interest rates are going up. They're supposed to go up 2% by September. And next year, God only knows where it would be and what positions these people would be in. And these are all big investors that have... You're not talking about a couple of hundred thousand on a mortgage. You're talking millions. You know what I mean? They're no. 50, how could you be?
2: Ta- you wouldn't be talking millions, even on a six. No, but you're a talking, six,
8: be- are talking Th- This it's was never a si- a si- imagine this
2: was never a six-bedroom home. It, a lot of these could have originally be four bedrooms with a converted no, dining rooms but, and halls. No, 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 no.
8: no. We're Lounge. not talking about the landlord that has one home. We're talking about groups of like. We're talking about investors that have money that has like eight, nine, ten properties. Like I have a very good friend that has over twelve properties in the city. You know what I mean? He's not a greedy landlord by no means. He prefers to get a good tenant because at the end of the day, it's worth more to us at the end of the day. For me personally myself, because I don't want to go into my house in Douglas and have to gut it and all the rest. My brother had a property rental in actually down in Maryborough and they burnt the legs of the chairs in the fire, the open fire. They took the doors off the kitchen and burnt the doors of the kitchen. Like you don't you know, there are tenants out there that are like Bad tenants, as well. Yeah, yeah. you have to be picky. Um, I'm very choosy. I'll I'll pick the good tenants, I'll go off my gut feeling, and I'll go with them you know what I mean and I'll just give them a break because obviously they're going to be saving for a mortgage as well I don't know how they're doing it I genuinely don't know how No I understand
2: I I get it but when I hear of of houses being rented out by the bedroom where you get a rent roll of five and a half grand a month I think it's extortionate I think it's opportunistic when I hear of people saying we will rent you a bedroom Monday to Friday you have to be out of it for the weekend I think good God how can you treat somebody like that
8: but, Neil, I would presume that person that's renting that bedroom and that you have to be out at the weekend is getting the tax relief of 14500 a year. Is that person an old-age pensioner? Like, you don't know the full story. Is that person an old-age pensioner and doesn't want them hanging around at the weekend? You know what I mean? That's her prerogative. It's her home, probably, or his home. So, you know what I mean? You need to dig into that. There's story a serious the lack
2: of respect to rent a bedroom to somebody that you don't want hanging around at the weekend, like as if they're a pest or a pet.
8: No, maybe maybe that person is elderly and is afraid that if they bring back somebody after the club Then they shouldn't
2: be in the rental market then? saying i a room monday they, to friday
8: maybe financially they have to maybe they're not qualifying for the old age pension maybe they can't afford the fuel for their home and this is the only way so you really need to find out that old story i don't think it's right you know what i mean if you're renting a room you're renting a room and you should be able to come and go as you please not between times i'm giving but you I examples of how
2: bad it's rent. got this room is for rent on a five-day basis it does not include weekends that's one that's one i'm just talking about the ones that i've mentioned this morning all of the landlords gone to Airbnb is another example of pure and utter unadulterated greed. And now we have renting per room with a rent roll of five and a half grand. That's the reality of twenty twenty two. You
7: know? It's crazy. It's
8: crazy. It'll only be getting worse. I don't
2: know. Thanks, Joanne. I Appreciate you taking the okay, call. So All the best. You. Well done. Thank you. Right. Text 0868104106.
3: Call the Neil Prenderville show now. 0818104106.
2: Red FM. Shauna, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hiya. You're leaving, are you? Heading overseas. I am
10: Irelandese.
11: Um, <clears throat> um well I'm twenty seven years of age and there is I just don't think right now that Ireland is a place that is offering many opportunities I suppose to young people Mm. like there is there is jobs if you're in the right area but it's just like I'm I'm a teacher so like I could 100% get a job this year in Ireland like there is jobs going but it's just I would be on realistically maternity leave and like primary secondary secondary secondary. so as a
2: secondary school teacher trained and qualified the best you could expect is mat leave
11: Pretty much, yeah. So, like, then you just, like, this is, I suppose, this is how it is rolled. It's just not, it's it's very difficult, I think, for young teachers to come in and, like, it's, it's I suppose, unheard of, really, of a young teacher walking in and getting permanency anywhere. You have to work your way up the ladder, which, look, it, it comes with experience, which is, it's fair enough. So we're not but, crying
2: out for teachers, no?
11: Um, well, there, there there is, but it's just from listening to all my friends for the past two years, there hasn't been, and I've, like, I've had about 30, 35, 40 friends that are teachers, and not one of us got permanency. Everyone's on maternity leave. And the problem is, is that no one, like, there's only one of my friends as of this year now is actually getting paid during the summer and during holidays and stuff. So, like, I know it's fair enough, like, I'm 40 this year now. Like,
2: none of them got full time.
11: Uh, no, none of us did, no.
2: And maybe uh, none of us. Are, are there many more like you are just saying, I'm off?
11: Yeah, 100%. So, I have, like, there's. Like I'm gone in August and I say out of my friends, I say there's probably, that's not now including teachers, that's doctors, nurses, every, and that's the that's sad thing actually, is that they're all actually... Really intelligent people who all actually want to stay here. It's just, like just fair enough going away for a visa for the year, but anyway, if they're leaving, they're, they're not planning on coming home for a very long time. Okay,
2: it's, okay. At all. And this is very important because you're honing in on teachers, doctors and nurses, all fully qualified here, who you say yeah. want to stay, can't get a job, can't get permanency. Um, you, and of course, on, on top of it, even if they did, the cost of living and rent and everything that's that goes with living in Ireland, it just... It's and and anyway, an it, you know... Also, many that I talk to that are overseas say that they just wouldn't have the same quality of life for the same standard of living at home and that they would have in, say, Australia, for instance. But you're going to the UK.
11: Yeah, I'm going to the UK. So, like, my reason for I suppose, was, again, like, I really wanted to get a job here. And if something propped up, like, that was suitable, you know, it would have been fantastic to have taken it. But it's just my big issue is that, like... I'm not going to be getting paid during time off and stuff. And there is a substantial amount of time there that they have off. Like, I'm working out this summer in a summer camp, which is completely fair enough. Like, I've, I love working. I actually don't, personally speaking, I actually don't like those big gaps being off because I like being kept busy and kept my, keep myself going. But it's just that when I'm taking these jobs that are for these only short periods of time, really they're not paying a lot like the summer camp
2: job I'm taking no you you can't get your you can't get your feet under the table like that you can't no it's you're
11: just just picking away Okay, I want to pick up on the next
2: chapter of your move just after 10 are you free for another couple of minutes yep you are the greatest. talk to you after 10 thank you just meanwhile bear in mind there up to well certainly 10 minutes ago there was a huge tailback on the link uh, coming from the tunnel heading west seems to be almost back to the tunnel uh textra says still driving but it's going on and on and on must have been an accident in the area yes i see it now thank you kevin's put the cameras up it is very very slow moving uh, bear that in mind if you're coming through the tunnel heading west
9: i'm lana o'connor red fm news is first for local national and international news and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie
3: Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I want
2: to say thank you to Shauna for holding on. I wanted to finish the conversation because she has said that her and many other teachers, doctors and nurses who are fully qualified, willing and able to work and wanting to stay, can't uh, for reasons that she's outlined and are going abroad and she's off uh, to the UK. So you are moving to Reading, is it, Shauna? Yeah, that's Have you a job?
11: I do. I've lined up, I got a job three months, or about two months ago. Well, I actually had, this is the big thing, I had seven job offers in the UK. I was actually picking which one was the one that suited me most and the one I actually thought that it would support me the best. Okay, so let's just talk over. about that
2: for a while. Seven job offers,
11: all in yeah. teaching? All in teaching, yeah. Full-time? all Full-time, all permanency, all, te- all full-time hours and everything.
2: So, there, And that would be their equivalent to our secondary schools?
11: yeah yeah exactly
2: in the subjects that you specialize in
11: to, uh, that was the issue i actually had was there was five of the job offers was only one but two of the job offers i had were two of my subjects so i picked obviously the one with the two because i loved them both and i couldn't pick it which one was my favorite so that was a big a big factor to why i chose reading because they were offering me my two subjects
2: okay and did you go over for an interview
11: um, so one school I did, I actually went over during the term break and I taught there and um, just to see what it was like. Like They do interviews like that. Where they actually make you teach a class and they watch you and that's, I suppose, how they give you the job. But this, the job I got for Reading, it was actually all just interviews via Skype because their school term, class with their school term, that I couldn't go over and actually teach. So they just said, we we'll talk to so they had a phone call with me they had a chat with me just to get to know me and then they had a video call with me just to ask me questions about my own teaching practice and how I teach and all those general questions okay. and i got offered the job about 10 minutes later so okay.
2: it was very quick and would the salary and terms and conditions and working hours be comparable to here yeah. better or worse what
11: um, see i know there's an argument saying that in our, in england it's very like teaching is very Paperwork, cause a lot of paperwork involved. But like, I'm, I'm a newly qualified teacher, so like, I don't mind doing that because I'm still in that rota of having all this paperwork and having, like, lesson plans and you do the units of learning where you'd plan for a term. I'm so used to doing those now that in Ireland typically once you're done, like, you, they still do it, but it's not to the extreme. You kind of get a bit more, a bit more relaxed, I suppose. But in the UK, it's very, very heavy based, which for me it suits me a lot better because I. I like how I like being planned and I like having things organised, so how they work. It'll be very intense but like I'm excited for it. Like mm-hmm. I think it will be it'd be great. It's a great opportunity to go over and I'm delighted for is it. Is the money and, better there? Um well this one hundred percent, like I actually tossed it up like if I was offered a job in Ireland, let's say for I'll say just even not even permanently, just roughly speaking, I'm earning in Euros I'm earning about twelve grand more than what i would be getting here, which is a lot.
2: Okay. Twelve grand more from the set for the same yeah. job here. But you yeah. like you will have to get somewhere to live, of course. So what what would yeah. the rental comparisons be like?
11: See, this was the big one. So myself and my partner obviously we we're both kinda of thinking like what do we do? Because again, like I'd love I'd love to stay here. I know he would as well, but it was just we said like I could like a hundred percent I could get a job in Ireland, like working in there is a need for teachers I know I could have got a job here but it's just what I was going to get offered I know what I would have got offered we would be scraping by and it does to me it's just not worth it like so looking at the UK salary wise what they're offering me opportunity wise what they're offering me and then rent was the big one because both like we have to pay there's a difference in the UK where you have to pay um, a tax as well like a council tax so it depends on what band you're on but it doesn't it's not that it's do you know, it's only an additional maybe two hundred pounds on your income, like, but it, that kind of works out over the course of a few months, which isn't a lot. Like, you know. So
2: you will get an entire. It just says here in your text an entire property yeah. fully furnished for the two of you for nine hundred.
11: Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's nine hundred pounds now. So we both said like it's that would be like. There's one thing in the UK as well. Actually, law departments and property you look okay. at they don't actually furnish them, but we were looking at a furnish only, and I've been looking at them for the past three months eight, seven, five, I could get apartment, one bedroom apartment furnished.
2: That's the total. So are you leaving so Ireland begrudgingly? Like, you don't want to, but like... Yeah, you, I don't want you know, to. You, it was never your dream to go work and teach in the UK. It was never others' no, dreams never. to be a doctor in Sydney, for instance.
9: No, I
11: never. Like, it never actually crossed my mind. Like, I like I've, I did my teaching practice here, and I absolutely love Ireland. Like, And especially, I teach history as well. So history is my bread and butter, and Irish history is what I absolutely love. So this is so like when this is we abolish, when it. we
2: abolish college fees at the moment it's it's pretty much 50-50 the state pays 3 yeah. and to, you know the student or their family pays 3 it comes in at something you know isn't isn't that the way it isn't that the way it works Yeah
11: yeah so they yeah for your bachelor's and so I to I, I do I actually I've three degrees I was in I was in college for which is a long time now. Like, or is it fifteen
2: hundred each? Do we pay fifteen hundred, and the co- and the state pays fifty hundred? or something? so. Yeah, it's very, yeah, roughly yeah.
11: things about that.
2: Yeah. Okay. So when um, when that's when that's completely abolished and college is going to be one hundred percent free, uh, we yeah. will be sending people to college to get to dip, diplomas and uh, you know uh, degrees and uh, just to export them to work in other countries.
11: Pretty much. yeah. And the tax like, the
2: taxpayer will pay for all of that. <laughs>
11: Yep, yeah, pretty much. That's the sad part of it again. It's just like it's just like I keep saying, like our biggest export is our people. Like it's and also it's a known thing. Like again, like with history, I teach the famine to the kids, and I'm like I was teaching a few a few months ago to them, and we were looking at the Irish diaspora in it, and I was sitting here on the on the desk just being like. It hasn't changed. our export is still people. like it's actually it's really it's really bad. like it's just, it's just not supporting people and giving them an initiative to stay. it's just it's too expensive. like it's just when you see what you can get elsewhere, it's just it's so hard to say no to it like it's, but, i will I will hundred percent want to come home, and so does my partner. We both said. You want to come home once things, once you have money, and, and we maybe know that you we will,
2: quit. and maybe you won't, who knows? But it's That's a sad, it's fair, a sad no. lament, isn't it? Just good luck with that. I really and truly Thank mean you. that from the bottom of my heart. You're off on <laughs> an adventure, and I hope it works out really well for you. Hopefully. Can I just, you know, you just said there you teach famine to secondary school. What do they make of it? The, uh, um, the famine the... of the 1840s.
12: They they
11: do like it it's a big issue, I think. It's like it's a history. A lot of the time it's students either love it or they hate it. It's you're But do they day. ask
2: the question as to how did it ever happen? Why was it allowed oh, to they happen? They do. I think their their
11: biggest their biggest, I suppose, red flag just from listening to the students was the the English system they had at the time, the La De La Faire where it was that that quote of let it be that that was their the English systems, I suppose, viewpoint of well just We'll let it fix itself. Whatever happening over there, it'll resolve itself, and they can't understand that. I would stand just going home because they're looking. at suppose the way the world is now. That's right.
2: Yeah. They, yeah. But they must be very quite emotional about it, are they? They must be. I mean, whether <laughs> they they're angry or, or sad? It,
11: well, yeah, they would be. I think it's just kind of. I suppose it's their own. Like I see a lot of them as well. We what we did in class. They looked up like their last names and stuff, and we, we, some of them were able to trace back if there's relatives somewhere along the lines, and a few of them, obviously for everyone there would be, but it's as hard to find one for every single person. But a few of them did. And even the last names with the O, like like I'm O Donovan is my last name. So like I have the O in my name. I'd explain to them what that actually meant. Yeah. I would call it Donovan, the O was gone. I don't know, it's just, yeah. You would have
2: taken the soup, as they say, right? Taken the
11: soup exactly. Yeah. So and did I you? Churches, it, they didn't take the soup.
2: Fair play to you and your family <laughs> and to your ancestors. But you know, uh, and 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 some did take the soup and drop the O. But you know, yeah. they never they never actually changed religion at all. They were just starving. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And tell me, do, is it still taught as famine or is it taught as a genocide?
11: um it's called famine but it's i suppose like when you're teaching the famine out to the kids like a big thing is you're supposed you're looking at the impacts of it but you're linking in as well with the diaspora as a, a big enough part not a big part but like you would touch base on it, just about like, like but i'm just
2: curious what would happen if you as a teacher decided to say there was no famine to your class there was plenty of food to your class mm. that it was a genocide yeah would, would you but, like, would you get into trouble for that
11: not saying it's getting trouble. I think it depends on this, I suppose. This is where, I suppose, like, there is obviously a curriculum you follow, but it's just, like, with, especially history, like, I, I have a few students in the class who actually were from England, so, like, I was always trying to be very neutral in the sense, that I'd say both sides and go, okay, this is the English perspective, and not bash them, but go, this is how they felt, this is what they were doing. This is the English perspective. But then I planned a documentary that was on RT, and the first part, the first quote it actually said was... This was not a famine; it was a genocide. I mean, we each had about that.
2: Yeah, okay. I know. You know will you te- you won't you won't teach that as part of the history curriculum in the UK? Will no, you? it's not on.
11: No, it's not on their curriculum. It's they like get it at all. They don't read. They don't. Um, they don't cover the famine. Like there's no mention of it. Really, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But if if there was a point of it that was relevant. I could wiggle my way in with it. Like I wouldn't yeah, spend yeah, a yeah. class, a whole class on it because they don't need to know it. Yeah, and you have to you do have to play by the book, unfortunately,
2: okay, sometimes. Like okay. but listen, good luck. I would
11: wiggle in if good I could. Look, good
2: luck with that. I just <laughs> just just as as a by the way, I read a, a, the most powerful book on the famine that I that I ever read was a book called Paddy's Lament. Did you ever hear of that book by I heard
11: of it. I a have heard called of it. called Thomas yes.
2: Gallagher. He's um Yeah. The backstory of him is quite interesting. He uh his his parents emigrated to the United States way back in the 1900s and he grew up there um, wrote a lot of other books but it's a powerful book he he just he's so honest it's searingly honest about what really happened and a lot of it if you haven't read it I would recommend that you do he he quotes an awful lot of the newspapers of the day and how and they interpreted yeah. what happened during that period of the great hunger and and uh, particularly the British newspapers at the time, particularly the Times of London, which mm. was atrociously, was, yeah. atrociously was bad, yeah. um, unfa- unfair and unkind and portrayed us as almost like animals, you know?
11: It was. It was. There was a co- I actually showed the guys because we actually looked at a few newspaper clippings on the days and um, there was this one quote I saw on it and it was based from a paper in Liverpool and it was she saying, here comes the dirty Irish.
2: Yeah. Okay, so, oh and that's, God, and that's so mild bad. by comparison yeah. anyway I just oh, mentioned I it for <laughs> maybe you might want to read it on the plane or the boat over Paddy's Lament 100%. by yeah it's, it's a great book it's well worth checking out good luck on your travels thank you so much thank you all the best take care text 0868104106 back after the break good luck to Sean get it off your chest
3: Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM. Tell
2: Shauna that Reading is a lovely part of England. She will love it, says Lisa. Morning, Neil. The renting Sunday night to Friday is because the landlord has a son or daughter away in college and they come home at the weekends. I have a friend that does this, as it's the only way she can pay for the college course. Well, that to me is just pure, unadulterated greed. I used to work in London, and I always looked for Monday to Friday rentals because I'd go home at the weekends. It was cheaper and generally worked out a lot better. Well, I suppose there's some argument to be made if it was cheaper. Isn't it true? From yesterday, thank you so much to Sean and Kilty who came back and said, Thanks, team, for the David Gray concert tickets. Won them on the show for weeks back. When you interviewed him, it was a great event. So well run and so well organized. The summer show was a rocking success across the weekend. But the issue regarding the bull that was shot, uh, that's got one or two people talking. Uh, here's one. Uh, that information you gave out that there was no public at the show when the bull broke loose isn't true. My wife was working at a stall. It happened at 10 o'clock. Early visitors did see it. Well, I suppose, what, are you, what can you do? You know, it's public safety at the end of the day. I suppose what they're saying is it would have been an awful lot worse if it was rammed with people at the time. I was at the summer show. What a great day. Uh, But 20 euro to get in was a bit dear, I thought. They had a great system going on, but coming out was a disaster. I spent one hour trying to get out. uh, Very bad management. All one side being left out while we sat there, leaving two cars at a time on our side. Well, I can understand that it must have been slow because the amount of cars that were parked up, such as the popularity of the summer show, I suppose you just have to figure that in when you go into an event of that size Uh, because it's fields after all. That's where the cars are parked. I don't know why people waited in all that traffic for the summer show. There were so many free shuttle buses for people to avail of. No need for people to drive. Ridiculous parking on the roundabouts and everywhere, abandoning cars. Uh, Lots of other texts then. The USC, if the universal, I was talking about this yesterday, if the USC, the universal social charge uh, was got rid of, average workers would be up to 40 euro a week, 160 euro a month, better off. It would go a long way. Yes, it is a spiteful, hateful, hurtful Uh, unfair tax that was only supposed to be temporary. What about the people that had to retire at 65? They're in no man's land. They can't claim any grants for heating or medical cards. because They're closed as being, they're classed as being job seekers. That was a masterstroke by the government, wasn't it? Uh, We Irish have very short memories. The USC was brought in as a temporary fix. One to two years max, they said. Twelve years on, it's still here. What the hell are our well-paid union officials doing? Nothing. Why doesn't Ireland wake up, says Mike and Mallow? Well, it's because, you know, when things are introduced, particularly things that we don't like, they very rarely are reversed on, apart from the water charges. I worked in Norway before and they had a very good idea. We paid a similar charge, USC, but the difference was that you would get it back tax-free before the summer. The government kept the interest. All the Norwegians went out and bought holidays, etc. So it kept on going right across the country. It's almost like a form of saving, I suppose. We, we also only paid half tax for the month of November, which helped us pay for Christmas. And yes, the money still stayed in the country, says Ger. A uh, lot of comments then on issues of yesterday's programme regarding cost of living. Sinn Féin voted to lock the country down. Sinn Féin voted to extend the emergency powers, locking the country. Inflation in this crisis was inevitable. But listening to Sinn Féin and Thomas Gould yesterday blaming the government for everything, when in fact they had a hand in the businesses being destroyed themselves. Those protests should be people only, not these TDs trying to secure a seat. People stay at home, and they're not part of any protest until it's by the people, for the people, or it affects them directly. Um, don't give me all my details. I'm 25, living in Germany. My master's is completely free here. I work 20 hours a week to support myself with a large German German company and come out with €1,350 after-tax and pensions rent bills 350 euro so it's totally livable here and the rents are regulated in Germany especially for students although high taxes Germany has a fantastic health care and everyone is treated equally the problem with Ireland's people do not make a fuss as much as other Europeans when it comes to high rents for example we have a nine euro ticket here that's a monthly travel pass on any train or public transport in Germany. Well, there is a, a system that works for the people, isn't it, really? And I suppose a political structure that works for the people. Um, the man that you had on air was so right. We give everything away to non-Irish and take everything from our own working community. Our, back, our TDs have no backbones. We are skivvies to the Germans, says the texter. You're wasting the time talking to Thomas Gould. He talks all the time about children with disability and needs. Uh, of school places and services uh, two of my three children are in need of all these services and when I approached him I got a, I got a copy and pasted response he's all talk, we're suffering, he's making a cosy wage every week, doesn't care about anyone but himself, Sinn Féin will not be getting my vote in my family again they're just playing games for votes can't come on, I have an autistic child off to school again today and I'm busy and that's just the tip of the iceberg there's lots more on that and lots more besides back to the phone lines we go, Dan good morning
13: Come on, Lee. I heard you mention about Paddy's Lament there, that book. Yes, I was just
2: chatting with Sean about it, yeah. 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 Eighteen forty
13: six, eighteen forty seven. Yeah. Uh there was uh, there was a Thomas there was a Thomas uh Gallagher. his name was yeah, Gallagher that uh wrote, and he, he actually immigrated or his his father immigrated from Ireland. And he
2: was born in America, I think. And yeah.
13: it's a fantastic
2: book. It's the most powerful um, book on what happened in Ireland that I've ever read. It
13: has. Ever. It oh, is ver, very good. And there's another there's another book here now uh, on the family as well, Tim Pat Coogan. He had a book as well. The Great Hunger? But he, yeah, yeah. But he, you, you mentioned, you mentioned about famine and a genocide. And our problem in this country, that top politicians are afraid to mention that word genocide. Afraid they would be upset the big wigs in London. And the reason for that is thinking that, and those big wigs, those Tory people, and they're after proving that in the last couple of 12 months, two years, what they think of Ireland. They don't care. And your people in top positions in this country are afraid to upset them.
2: Mm. Well, what's that that got to do with what happened in the 1840s, though?
13: It's... uh, uh, we are, at the present moment, Moment, I never heard anybody mention those words, famine and a genocide, only yourself. And you have mentioned genocide, that word before. I have never heard anybody mention that in our main... Well, it, when, it, ma- it
2: was. If you read the reports at the time, and if you read what was going on in the British House of Parliament at the time, um, there was MPs actually stood up in the Houses of Parliament at the time and said... This is a good thing. There are too many of them. Just let the famine run through. Just but let the potato blight continue. There are too many of them. That's genocide, in my book.
13: Okay, but you look, there was genocide. Look, Neil, they, 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 were genocide. They did first things in African countries, hmm. right? In the likes of the likes of the likes of Kenya, they did first in the, the, the very late 50s. The, the, the British, very the British Empire, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know yeah, did I know, very, I know. in the late 50s, Neil, they did a lot of stuff and we are actually afraid we should stand up. Um, our main politicians should stand up and be counted and right.
2: speak the truth. Glad you read that book. I'm glad you read it. It's a super book. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> you, you may find it difficult to get, get it in at a bookshop, although if I know Waterstones, they'll order it for you uh, and uh, pop in and they'll get it for you. If you're, if you're online, you can get it online on Amazon. Um, Um, It's an incredible book and if you're looking for a book to read and you're interested in that topic, you might want to sit down and read it. Or if you're going on holidays and you're looking for a book that you might want to take with you, Paddy's Lament is the book uh, I would highly recommend this summer. Uh, Ireland, 1846 to 1847, he calls it a prelude to hatred. Written by Thomas Gallagher. Um, he died in the 90s, incidentally. He wrote other books as well, but that I believe was his finest. Back after the break.
3: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104
2: 106. Cork's Red FM. And the fact that uh, all GA supporters have to go to Dublin to go and play Dublin at um, Krog Park. We were chatting about that yesterday. The majority of Cork supporters are split. A few support both codes. Not a real issue here, says Mike. Well, I don't know. I think traipsing up every time it's a Dublin match is. Fair. Uh, it's really about uh, how much money can be made and you'll make twice as much in Croke Park, I suppose, as you would in Parky Ring. Bobby says, why would anybody bother going to the games? Who do the players give? Why do the, why do the players give up so much when the guys responsible for calling the most important thing in the game aren't fit to read the chart at the opticians? Uh, the weekend's umpire missed a Galway player who stepped over the line with the ball. Should have been a 65 and he waved it wide. Uh, in a one-point game, umpires, Neil, they're not up to the task. It's unfair on the players who give up so much. Uh, morning, I wanted to take my son to the Aviva last weekend. It was a night game, so couldn't stay over. It was a grand all-in and a half-empty stadium. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, sorry, Neil, but Cork have had three matches at home already on football. One in Parky Ring, two in Parky Queeb. So when it comes to football this year, we can't complain. And the likelihood is that Dublin would beat Cork... So it might be the Cork team's only chance to play in Croke Park this year, which as a team is good for them to play on that pitch. I do think Dublin should be made play outside of Croke Park a lot more, though. It's not fair that so many matches are played there now. It's an expense going to Dublin. Cork are playing both hurling and football, and the ladies' teams are doing very well. So this year, Cork people have, in a way, been lucky to get so many many days out. But it's been made harder to keep up with all the trips. With the shorter, more condensed GAA season that finishes in July now for the men's game and an expense as well. Final one on that. I'm glad you're highlighting what the matches down the park. We went that last week for the football. Cork Limerick, €25 Euro per adult, €50 Euro for the two of us. Such a pity to see two stands totally closed off. These should have been open. There should have been a family ticket for a nominal amount of a tenner to get the stadium full. Give families an adorable day out and build momentum for Cork football. It's 50 euro for a family ticket. People can't afford it. Also, did you know that our Cork team paid the Dublin GA to play down the park? Sometimes I wonder, am I living in Cuckoo Land? Finally, Michal Martin goes to these games as his son is the Cork goalie. He sees this every time, yet nothing changes. It's bizarre the times we live in. There's that and lots more besides. Great response to our horse trough stories from earlier in the week. I may come back and read out some more text on that as well. But can I just change tack for a moment if you don't mind? I was reading recently um, a story online which was saying that There's a there's a real big blast from the past love of decades gone by, and apparently the 1980s are seriously back in vogue. You know, you got Top Gun back in the cinema, you got Kate Bush topping the charts, and I suppose on a a, a more negative note, we're kind of back to 1980s inflation rates as well. So there's a lot going on actually with regards to the 80s, and I was reminded of that because of Kate Bush's song, running up that hill. I think it was from an album called Cloud Busting. I'm not sure. I remember the video of it was Donald Sutherland who was playing the part of a uh, kind of a crazy professor dude up on the top of the mountain with this kind of machine that he had trying to make rain, you know, from the clouds, trying to, he was a rainmaker. And that's what the video, Hounds of, Hounds of Love was the album, Thank for the Hounds of Love. And that was the video from it. But 1985 was the year that the song was released. And then along came the television series Stranger Things, Right. And all of a sudden, Kate Bush is banking big dosh because the song is back in the charts and topping the charts running up that hill. So it's number one in the Irish official charts. It's number one in the UK official charts. It's number four in the Billboard Hot 100. It's number one in Australia, New Zealand and Switzerland. It was the most streamed track on the planet reaching number one on the Spotify charts in the UK and the US, and has had 57 million streams in just one week. Now, Wuthering Heights is our only other number one single, and that was from 78. That went to number one in in Ireland. It actually didn't prove as popular in the UK or, or in the US as it is in Ireland. In fact, she found it very hard in the early days to even get airplay for Wuthering Heights. It was that radical and you know completely out of left field. But running up that hill dominating all of the charts and 57 million streams in just one week. So that's a typical, a typical example, I suppose, of how TV can help your song if it's used in the soundtrack or part of a show. But it's a typical example of the 80s being back in vogue. So we were recently asking that question with regards to the 80s, say versus the 90s, with the 80s being seriously uh, back in, in fashion now. Which was the better decade? The 80s? Or the 90s. I give you over... To Seamus Whelan.
14: like what was the eighties like in Cork? Can you can you tell us? Yeah,
6: no, it was brilliant. We had great times in the eighties. I mean, all the pubs were so good yeah. and everything, and the music was way better and everything.
14: Like what music would you be listening to? Oh, I loved oh, loads,
6: oh. Depeche Mode and all the things like that, and arranger, and all the stuff. I loved it. It was the best days ever. Anyway. I just I
14: just and would you have been wearing now the shoulder pads, and the or or, or, or I can't would you have been platform?
7: No,
8: <laughs> I would have. If ever. So we have to go
14: with the stay? What nightclubs would you oh, would you have gone to nightclubs?
8: Widers, Chandra's, where else to we go? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> All
4: around. carton Street was brilliant. Washington Street with was the best for the pubs are gone now,
6: Compared to it back then. It's not for older people around town from you late 30s We've only Rock and Jerry, gone. Rock
14: and Jerry in the Rob Roy. <laughs> sure Rock and Jerry But
6: he plays the music that we like. And he gets the crowd going.
1: Don't he? Yeah.
14: Where would you have gone after Cassandra's? Would you. So you'd
1: have to go home then, there'd be
14: nothing. We should not go to Mandy's or anywhere like that, would they? Oh, no,
1: Burgerland and Burgerland. stuff like that.
14: And would you have uh, collected the glasses though so in Burgerland oh yeah would have them um, glasses <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say they're um, they're After probably lunch, collector's you know items they're well, There's
9: some people still have them I'll have to tell you
14: I can't get no
9: sleep. the 90s yeah, we had Chandra's in, in the Grand Prix it was the Stardust uh, we had De Lacey House um, you could walk the streets at any order in, in the morning and there'd be no danger of you there was Francis Hall down the arc. Yeah, it was it was a lovely place, very busy um, But no, it's very hard to walk the streets um, in This day and age
14: And what sort of music would you have been into?
9: Uh, Queen, David Bowie And what sort of
14: clothes then would you be? Would, would you have worn the... Um, all the padded clothes All the shoulder pads, yeah, would yeah, you have yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the power sho- dressing?
9: All the shoulder pad clothes, yeah all the shoulder pads now, and the flared sh- shoes and the corky sandals. We would have been boot girls as well, wearing the, all the black uh, shoes and black tights and pleated skirts. They were all the go. At that time we were called Bobby checks and boot boys, and all this it was all all around. And after the nightclub, after you leave
14: Chandra's, where, where would you go for the food?
9: We'd always got to go around Notman Street or the Grand Parade or somewhere. You uh, wouldn't go to Mandy's, night. no. We go to McDonald's. We, oh, McDonald's was very popular when it first opened with the Big Macs and everything, yeah. But would that have been back in the in the 90s? It would, it? Yeah, yeah. That's there a long
14: time, yeah. And Mandy's would have been there before that, wouldn't it?
9: Yeah. Um, well, my daughter's 39 and I used to take her well, there as this baby. Did you? Yeah. The old Maxi Burger, wasn't it? The Maxi Burger was brilliant, yeah. The big huge burgers and all that, yeah. And Pearl River was there. Uh, the Tongsing was there. I Actually, back in the 80s, when I got married in 1982, we actually had a reception up in McCurton Street in the Grosvenor, and we actually went for a meal that night in um, in, in the Tongsing. Happy days. They were grand days. No one had nothing. And no, every, There was no keeping up with the Joneses. Everyone had very little, but whatever they had, and everyone's door was open to all their neighbours. That's all gone now. Do you know? Different times, and people had nothing, but they shared everything.
15: My memories was when I came to Cork in 1985, the first time I was introduced to bacon and cabbage dinner was in the pub over there, North Main Street. And I thought it was great, I thought it was exotic. And what sort of music would you have been back into back then? Well, I was always into uh, Bob Dylan and Simon Garfunkel and that, that type of music so I didn't really get that in court. But she's, she's the music, <laughs> big music head in this room. Well, we're
12: standing, we're standing here in front of Queen's Old Castle and there used to be a big record shop right there on the left. Yeah, Golden Discs, wasn't it? That's right. Uh, well, it's still there down there, but... Uh, that was fantastic, and Queen's Old Castle was a great hangout spot when I was a student in the eighties. We had um, Joe Max he used to have the donuts in there, and you yep. get freshly, freshly fried donuts. Um, yep. There were some just lovely little shops in there, and another memory that we both have as well is. Um, all the different cinemas all around the city, and yeah. you'd you'd check out what film was on from the newspaper, um, and then have to at the very last minute figure out which cinema it was in, and flying around on your bicycle, and you could end up in the wrong cinema for for, for the film you were looking for. So uh, you know the classic and the Lee yeah. and the Pavilion and the. Capital, all of them. There were, we were six, six, I think. Yeah.
14: But uh, So there's some of the main memories. And what about Mandy's behind you? You never mentioned Mandy's?
15: No, Mandy's no. wasn't on our radar, no. No, no, no. The, no. Mag- the Maxi Burger? <laughs> no. I did hear of it, but I never did that, no. And no. what we love to was, in, we live up at the top of Barrack Street and of course at that time, Barrack Street had about 16, well there's always the argument whether it was 16 or 14, but they had 16 pubs and I think I'd rank in about 12 of them. <laughs> and what sort of
14: Clothes? Would you be wearing? <laughs> like, uh, w- w- would you have been wearing the shoulder pads back then?
12: No, I no. was. I was. A, I was a
14: student, so I
12: was in long Indian skirts and Doc martin boots and denim jackets. I
14: uh, was <laughs> so nice, just in uh, jeans. Always in jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Same as And can I just ask you about TV programmes? What, what you? Uh, TV programmes. Oh like going back. <laughs> well, I know the Fall Guy was there, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh... MacGyver! Heart to heart, and MacGyver was a yeah, swing gunman. Yeah, and
15: Guy in Dallas and all those were there, weren't was they? That, was Dallas the 70s or 80s?
14: I'm I, not too sure. I, it kind of, yeah. I think it bridged both, Family didn't it? bridged both, I'd yeah, say, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then yeah. you had the greatest American hero. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. I, yeah. I, I know these more than you...
15: No, I never... He had his head in the
12: books. Yeah, um, yeah. no, but, I
15: never... Uh, yeah. that, was, that was another great thing, too, about Cork. The many, yeah. many bookshops you had. Yeah. And that's beginning to change for the better now, too. They've got about, you know, four or five bookshops now, at least. But yeah, there no, then, yeah, there was tons of them then, There was nice bookshops. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Yeah. everybody
14: has their heads stuck in the tablets now, don't they, in the gaming? Yeah, yeah. I
15: know, but I, I be th- we're both writers, so yeah. we, we, I wouldn't be too pessimistic We're optimistic. Not, there's a lot of people, if you walk into now, the Waterstones now, are many young people who are over in the young adult section, it's great. A lot yeah. of, Kirk people are great at reading too. Yeah. You know.
11: Good place to be. be. I think I'm a bit small. <laughs> <laughs> I was only born in 95.
14: I don't even remember. You only got the first, uh, last half of the decade, was it? I got the Millennium Party and that was
0: it. <laughs> it was much quieter and things were easier, that was it. Money was scarce, but people were happy, had plenty dancing and plenty music. And when you went out dancing, you asked the lady out to buy a club milk and a bottle lemonade, and that was it.
2: That Good look sir. Okay a club milk and a bottle of lemonade good luck to you too at Seamus on the streets of Cork comparing decades the 80s and the 90s well the 80s are certainly very much in vogue these days I love the bit there when one of the women was talking about bobber chicks and boot boys I always thought that bobber chicks and boot boys were the thing of the 1970s other fellow then saying that when he arrived in Cork first he had bacon and cabbage on the north main street and he thought it was exotic <laughs> that's an interesting way of describing bacon and cabbage as being exotic better reminiscent and bit of reminiscing and nostalgia for you. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868 uh, 104 106. A uh, lot of other stories between now and mid. Let me just stay with them. Um, you know, the amount of people that are going through the Irish college system only to leave. And as you heard uh, earlier this morning with regards to a young teacher who's heading off to Reading in England, not by choice, wanting to stay. Uh, quite a lot of text coming in on this. I remember, oh, it's lovely one of the 80s. I remember the 80s fondly, uh, mainly for the great time spent in Sir Henry's in the mid-80s. What brilliant live bands and the greatest concert ever Live Aid was on the big screen in Sir Henry's I always remember people's reaction when Queen finished their set on Live Aid great memories says Tony and Douglas yeah you know it's amazing your story now brings back even memories to me because I believe that was a Saturday wasn't it and it started at midday and it went right through the day right through the night and then of course the Philadelphia Live Aid kicked in you know in the States and that went on through the night so it was like a it was almost like twenty hours or twenty four hours of live music for Live Aid, and I remember I was gigging at the time. I was doing nights and afternoon. Funnily enough, we'd gigs on a Saturday afternoon and in, in the Old Vic back in the in the in the eighties, and that would have been eighty five. Um, and uh, a lot of clubs then, of course, put in big video screens and stuff like that. But uh, it was—I remember having to drag myself away uh, from Live Aid just to do a, a, an afternoon gig, and then you go back to watch more of it, and then there was the. I remember the, the, the scene of Phil Collins getting on a Concord because he drummed at Live Aid in Wembley, gone on a Concord, went to America and he drummed there as well. It was just an amazing day. Thanks for the memory of it.
3: Text the Neil Brendaville Show now.
2: 86 Red FM. Yesterday I told you the story of uh, a restaurant of the city charging 150 for brown sauce. Um, I see a lot of text coming in on that topic since we were mentioning it on the air and I know that Gallagher's also... Um, also came back online, on, I think probably on Facebook or maybe their Instagram page, I'm not sure, uh, to explain what actually happened with regards to uh, the brown sauce. Now, I'd been sent a, a receipt of it, which I have in front of me here, full Irish. Uh, and I, I don't mean to be going on and on about this, but I just want to re- maybe respond for a second as to as to what Gallagher said. And I understand that mistakes are made. And it said uh, two full Irish at 12 euro each, then the Americano and the flat white, the side of tomato relish was one fifty, and the brown sauce was one fifty. mention it again now because uh, uh, it's been pretty much taken up by a lot of the tabloids as well, and they're they're running with the story regarding the charge for brown sauce. But what I what alerted me in, incidentally was that it, it must have been there must have been a key somewhere on a register for somebody to push or to type in brown sauce one fifty. I accept that mistakes are made. Um, I was contacted then and sent the screenshot of the receipt. By somebody who hadn't actually seen it and paid for it, and went home, and then realised that uh, he had been charged one fifty for brown sauce, and got in touch with with gallagher's at the time to say that it was it was bad form, that it was wrong. Um, yesterday, gallagher's then posted on online saying, yesterday one of our new team members, so they were talking yesterday about the day before, which would have been the weekend, uh, one of our new team members made a mistake while trying to accommodate a customer's request. Uh, When the mistake was brought to our attention, we immediately contacted the customer to apologize for the mistake and made it clear we do not charge for brown sauce. We explained to the customer we do charge for our homemade relishes. The gentleman was very understanding and explained he he had his own pub and that these things happen. We invited him back for a pint or a sandwich on us when he was passing again. Unfortunately, it seems that despite this, the customer decided to send the receipt to Cork's Red FM without mentioning that the matter had been resolved to his satisfaction. It was then published on their social media platforms uh, prompting a response which was blown out of proportion and is extremely upsetting for the poor staff member involved. To be clear, we do not charge for condiments or table sauces, which is, which is good to hear because one would think that we don't want that happening where people would be charged for brown sauce or charged for ketchup or charged for salt or pepper or vinegar or mayonnaise or mustard or anything like that. But I can't. I don't understand how it appeared on the actual till receipt, unless there was a key on the register for. Anyway, that, that's just my point. But can I just say I was I was sent the the till receipt very very quickly after the meal at the weekend, so nobody would have been in touch with the gentleman by the time I had got a copy of the till receipt. In fact, he went home and saw the till receipt and rang the the restaurant and spoke to a manager and he and I'm told that the manager has said to him that's the way it is there's nothing you know th- this this is the way it is you know and um, at that stage the customer said I'm going to get in touch with Neil Prendival because this is wrong um, and that was the end of the conversation but the manager told him that's the way it is this is my understanding of it um, it was at that point then after he hung up and finished the conversation that uh, the Owners or somebody higher up the chain of command in Gallagher's rang him back then to apologise. Um, so that's what that's what happened. I was not an aware at any time um, when we posted the photograph online that somebody had got in touch with them. But somebody only got in touch with them after he rang the restaurant to say I was charged one fifty for for brown sauce. So I understand mistakes are made. I get that. I have no problem with that. But I don't think we want a culture in this country anymore because we had it before for far too long. Where where people were being charged all sorts of different things that didn't seem fair, you know. And I think anyone would listening to this would think that being charged one fifty for brown sauce, is just not right, you know. And I accept that it was it was a mistake. Although I I can't understand how it can get onto a key in a a register and a till, but enough of that. So that's that's the way things happened. It was the customer called the restaurant initially um, and was told by the manager on that phone call. That's the way it is. That's my understanding of it. Um, and the rest, as I say, is history. Text 0868104106 because there are other people texting on different stories regarding their um, food experiences. And I will come back to them. But Michael's been holding for an age. Michael, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Thanks for holding. OK, we were just chatting with teachers there earlier. Yeah. And indeed, we know of doctors and so we, we know of yes. people involved in um, nurses all going to the UK or indeed Australia.
16: Yeah, it just li- just brought me back in back to the eighties. Listening to them ladies this morning, young teachers heading out the country to the UK because I lived in the UK in the mid eighties up to the nineties, and I shared the house with uh, a number of Irish teachers, and they were absolutely brilliant, fantastic people. They were fantastic ambassadors to our country, and I've no doubt these people will be as well. Because when I was there, the troubles in the north were at a peak time.
2: Were you so, early eighties? Was it
16: uh, mid eighties? Mid eighties. Okay. Yeah. Just about the time everybody was getting out of Ireland at the time. Uh, I was just thinking that time everybody was leaving Ireland, there was no jobs and plenty houses. Now we've plenty jobs and no houses. That's, <laughs> that's right. Amazing. That's
2: it. Yeah, isn't and
16: it? That's the sad reality. But they were brilliant ambassadors for our country at the time. I shared the house with them, and they were great, great, great people. And <laughs> no doubt, these people listening to them, you know, they'd be uh, fantastic for Ireland. Yeah. And it's, but, sad, it's, a, it's sad. It's very sad. Like we educate our kids. I got two sons living in London. That's probably more true of choice and opportunity rather than had to. Do um, it's, it's you see? Lucky. In
2: the eighties, they had to. They people immigrated for different reasons. It, it certainly yes. was out of necessity, but it was because yes. they couldn't get a job. Absolutely. There was houses, flats, bedsits galore, but no absolutely.
16: jobs. I was one of those. Yeah, absolutely. So I can relate. Uh, but obviously, the thing this time, they're going for different reasons. Yeah, you know, we do, we've loads of jobs, you know, but we just don't have the accommodation. All the the cost of living is absolutely killing people. It's mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm saying all the time. You know, the, what's the bloodline in the economy is fuel. I mean, they should tackle the fuel issue. You know, we need to reduce fuel because everything depends on fuel. It's an impact on everything, our goods, services, everything. Fuel is the key to this.
2: Yeah. You, you, did you fly or did you take
16: the slattery bus or oh, what? Did you do? I was on the slattery bus and the Euro lines and I did them all, and then on the flights I've done them all. I've done them all. So it's you
2: got fine. a slattery bus and the keys for a, a tenner was it uh, or a five or something?
16: I live in East Cork, so I get picked up in Middleton at yeah. the time. So yeah. I can't remember now, but
2: it was and the cost of ahead. that included the ferry and the bus yes. to Victoria Station. How, how yes. old were you? I'd been uh, late twenties. Were you on your own? Uh,
16: no, my partner was with me.
2: Okay, there was two of you. So it, it, yeah, in, yeah. in in that sense, it wasn't as bad as somebody who was flying going solo, I suppose. You had somebody yeah, with you,
16: yeah. And we had so many Irish people over there; it was unreal.
2: And, and had your prospects when you were going, or did you? Do you have a job? No,
16: line? no, I got a job in the fire service over there. Did you? Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, we just stayed for a few years, and we came back to Ireland. And that job helped me get a job here in Ireland. Then. So it was it was a fantastic experience, and it was a brilliant education, and it, it impacted my CV massively. I got the experience I needed, and in Ireland I started to take off in the early nineties, and I came back and got a very good job.
2: I hear you, and now you're, and now you have family there, children there. I have two sons there, living in London.
16: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they love it over there. They love it uh, because they have opportunities there they wouldn't get here. And um, one of my sons is in, following a music career, so he has the opportunities there, as I, we always say that's his base, to be in London, because obviously the opportunities on the Ireland. Yeah,
2: yeah. And he's following a music path at the moment, so hopefully. And you know you said, of course, it was the height of the Troubles and there was a lot going on. Yes, with was, the, And, and some, some years yeah. earlier to that, of course, with be the hunger strike and the H uh, block and the exact... Yes, like. it was a difficult time for the Irish. And did you get any grief yeah. in that regard over there? A little them. bit,
16: not a lot, no, to be honest. I got a little bit, but nothing what I possibly could have got But you know, the... We no, we, we carried it well, like you know, we yep. just kept our head down and you know, we didn't get involved, even though they didn't understand the Ireland we were on the south, you know, we were involved, but some people don't see it that much.
2: You just met the odd person, kind of. Yes, the odd person, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't react. Never, 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 yeah. never. Good man, good man. Never. Cheers, Michael, appreciate it. Thank Thanks for taking much. the call. Thank Take you. care. Thank Text O eight six eight one oh four one oh six. Pick up the phone on O eight one eight one oh four one oh six. Just a fast one and listen to you talk about the state of our health service. Family member of mine passed away recently from a brain tumor. He had a young family. His brain tumor was diagnosed, but there was no bed available in his closest hospital for surgery. And so he was left waiting weeks in another hospital. His father, who lives abroad, came over to be with him. He was not allowed to stay in the hospital, so he had to travel in and out for daily visits. One day, he went to visit his son and found him wandering around the hospital, confused and blind in one eye. He didn't recognize his dad. When his father brought this to the attention of the staff, he was told it's an emergency now. So they rushed him off to hospital that initially had no beds available now for surgery. A few surgeries were performed as infections set in and his father had to endure this alone as no one else was allowed in. The family are suing the HSC, so I can't discuss the details to give any names. It's for his family to decide whether to go public with it. Well, thank you for that. And that's a very, very vague description of that tragedy and that awful set of circumstances that led to the death of that young man. But I wouldn't actually be able to go into any further detail on it uh, until, um, you know, they have decided as to whether they are going to take a legal action, and if they are, until it comes to an end. But it is absolutely tragic. It must have been awful what that family went through, never mind the young lad who paid the ultimate price of his life.
15: Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive.
3: 104
2: to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil Friendeville Show. Unfortunately, that's destined to drop then, but you're looking at 16 or 17 kind of thing for Friday and Saturday and and across the weekend and... <laughs> It's a bit on the shabby side early next week as well. Anyway, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Lots of calls and texts to do, and I'll come back to a lot of them. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Let, let me say a phone calls now, and then I'll do some of the cost prices that people have experienced when they're either here or overseas. It's it's very difficult to compare like with like when you're eating out in Ireland and eating out in Spain, lads. Reading down on the costas. It's a completely different world down there. You can't be comparing like with like. There's many reasons why not. Arthur, good morning. Hi, good morning Neil. You're Lithuanian by birth, but moved here in two thousand and nine. Yeah, that's okay, correct. Okay, but also lived in America. Yeah, that's oh, right. Okay. For about half of my life and okay. two years in Canada as well. Okay, so Canada, America Lithuania, yeah. Canada, America, and Ireland. You've been around. Yeah, that's right. And for
17: twenty six years old, you know, I'm I'm quite happy that like I've I've got to experience this much in my life so far and that I've actually gotten to say to other people that, book. I've had the chance to live in different countries. I've had the experience of, like, different things going on, you know, and it's just kind of, it brings me back to that whole point where, I guess, in Ireland, you know, um, I never really felt that home here. I don't know why it was. Maybe it's, like, in one way, it's, I don't know, is it like an Irish curiosity, but I always, I nearly get offended every time somebody asks me, like, oh, where are you from? Where are you from? You know? Um, that's one thing. Another thing is I mean, we're 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 new we're, we're new
2: we're new to the game. You see, Arthur, it's not really yeah, it, it's not saying. it certainly isn't an insult. But if you looked well, at say Canada, it, or you can
17: see you can see I guess in certain people's reactions, you know, when they ask you, you can kind of you can kind of nearly tell why they're asking. You know, just it feels like they're they're trying to form an opinion on you based on where you're from. You know, how can they talk to you? How do I react with you? Because you know I'm gonna based my opinion off of where you're from versus what I know about you, which is nothing, I guess, at the moment. Uh,
2: I know. It's sad that you feel that way, but you don't think that's you?
17: Um, I don't know. No, in general, like I have, well, maybe I have like a lot of anxiety and stuff. So it could be my own head that I'm just thinking, you know, like always, like, I feel like even just, I listen to you guys every day, you know, and like, when I hear you on the radio, say yank, you know, that kind of, that rubs me the wrong way a little bit as well, because it just sounds like a a derogatory term, you know, I'm like, you know, am I like, I I don't know if I were to call you Patty or something like that, because you're Irish, you know, it's, it's nearly the same thing.
2: I I mean, you may think it's a derogatory remark, I don't, and it never was intended to be that way. I I think I despair despair sometimes, actually, at how people get so offended by such inconsequential things.
17: Yeah, it's just the small things, I guess, you know, and I guess it's how the word is used overall, you know, like it really is, I guess, that how somebody uses the word if it's in a friendly conversation you know you wouldn't say anything and you'd be like okay you know like i won't really take too much notice to that but then like there would be some people who would kind of, they'd nearly use it in a more derogatory term, like, oh, it was the Yanks that did this, or, you know, it's because you're a Yank or something like that, you yeah, know, and they're yeah. like, that's what rubs me the wrong way, because I don't identify as, like, a Yank or an American. I don't really identify as a Lithuanian either, you know. I, it's hard to say even where I'm from kind of way, yeah, because, like, yeah. the fact of the matter that I've been moving around so much as a kid kind of way, you know. But um, it's just, like, one of these things, like, When I was in America, I never really felt foreign, if you know what I mean, because I guess everybody is from all over the world in well, America. They, you well, know,
2: they've had hundreds of years that we haven't had of of people moving and migrating in large numbers. Yeah. We're, we're only experiencing that in defense of Irish people for the last couple of decades primarily. So we're new to that, you know? We're new which to integration fair, and we're new to fair, multiculturalism. Know? We're getting better at it, though. I yeah, hate to hear you know, that you I, say that you've been racially abused in the past.
17: Oh, yeah, like, for sure. And, like, it's, it's so funny because, like... To be honest, I don't know how I like look so Eastern European. I don't think I have really any like critical features that would stand me out from the crowd, you know? Yeah. But um, I, there's often been a time that somebody's looked at me and been like, oh, you Polish C-word, you know, or this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, listen, I'm not even Polish. I'm like, do I sound like I'm Polish? You know, I'm like, what makes you even think that I'm Polish in the first place? And I find it offensive in two ways. One, that people are nearly blaming all the foreigners they're just assuming everybody's Polish, you know, in one way. And then the second thing is that the fact that they're just straight out accusing me of like for whatever I did. They're I just like, oh, it's because you're know. Polish. And I'm like, actually, you're wrong, you know, and the furthest thing from
2: Polish, you know. Or, or they would say, yeah, but you're all the same. You're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you coming know, over so here, sure. screwing up the health system, taking all our jobs and screwing up our housing, that kind of thing. You know, like yeah. uh, it's, but not yet, my fault. yet, it's, yet it's, people would complain work, if they, you know, y- like, y- yeah, yeah. But yet, mo- really, like- but the vast majority of people come over here, come over here to work, and a lot of the time to do work that the Irish won't do or don't do, or there's plenty of work and people oh, are welcome maybe, to come. maybe,
17: you know, like, I, I came here not by choice, you know, it was a family decision. My parents decided to take us out of the States because, you know, it was a bit dangerous. I was living in Brooklyn, New York before I moved over here, and I mean, necessarily, to be honest, I never felt danger while I was walking through the streets of New York as a teenager, you know, and I'll tell you now for a fact that like, even me, 26 years old, I'm six foot two, maybe six foot three. Like I feel a bit intimidated walking through the city at certain hours. I, I,
2: yeah, but you don't have to be of Lithuanian birth to feel that way. Many people well, yeah, feel intimidated, I you know,
17: and that's just in general. They
2: sent some very alarming photographs of a very vicious assault in the city last night on a woman waiting for the two twenty bus, wanting to go home. She, she was brutally attacked, resulted in bruising of the eyes, cheeks, and forehead split open, resulted in stitches for absolutely oh, well, no reason.
17: That is terrible, you know, and like things like this, they happen more often than not, you know, and that's the sad thing and we seem to kind of we'll acknowledge it when it happens, but then it's almost like the next day, we'll just forget about it, and we're like, oh yeah, you know, there's a few problems in the city, but sure, that's, that's the city kind of way, you know, there's nothing we can do we don't have enough guards, everybody's talking to everybody, but nothing is getting done you know
2: why do you say that you you can't wait to leave why why are you so unhappy
17: um well i guess it's a number of things one right now is the cost of living is is ridiculous you know like i haven't had kerosene in my home since february i think so like the last nearly four months i haven't had heating at home and that's just mainly because every week i'm paycheck to paycheck you know um i can't even it's The last two years so i'm working now since february but i was actually on the pandemic unemployment payment for a while because um i lost my job i graduated from biomedical engineering and cit a level eight degree in 2019 and 2020 came, pandemic hit i was sat at home nobody's hiring you know
2: what kind of work um, would one do with the degree in biochemical biomedical engineering
17: I mean, there's a lot of work, like the likes of like Stryker, Boston Scientific, you know, all these things. It can be anywhere from project management to actually going down into these facilities. Whether you're working in research and development, okay, and,
2: helping and is there work in that area? You did you get well, it?
17: now there is. Um, currently, I'm not in that sector because halfway through, I guess the pandemic. I decided I was like, listen, you know what? Since I'm sitting at home now and it's difficult to find a job, I'm gonna try to upskill and kind of reskill. So I started studying a course in manufacture and design of biopharmaceuticals. And um I feel like that course just pairs very nicely with um with what I already have done and you know, with I guess Cork in general being a very large pharmaceutical industry. Oh, so with um, all of those it,
2: positives and all of those skills that you have developed, why? What's what's forcing you to, to text me? I'm just waiting until such time as I can leave. Is it because of discrimination? Is it because of how people not, treat you? Because you're not be a- over
17: that, you know. And like, it's it's kind of I don't really think about it too much more anymore. But unless like somebody actually comes up to me now and will say something like that, you know, they might get me get me in a bit of a hump for a few days or something like that, but I'll get over it because people are people, you know, some people have bad days, they'll take it out on others. So I try not to think about it too much, but the main thing for me is, I guess one thing culturally, I find that like, if you want to do anything here, you know, a lot of, I guess, the activities, social activities are involved around drinking, you know, so already that's a no for me because I'm not a, like a drinker you know I don't yeah. like drinking every weekend yeah, but you don't, don't like you could socialize
2: out. and go to places where there is drink without drinking yourself
17: yeah but I guess you could say from like I guess just my childhood and stuff like that I, I didn't have I guess the nicest um, I guess experience when it came to people and alcohol you know okay. I have bad okay. experiences so okay. just drunk I people in general if yeah. I'm sober I, I, I can't tolerate it you know I'm just like and
2: why do you think that we have a propensity to drink do you think think we drink too much uh, one for sure oh for sure
17: that's that's without a doubt um the next thing is i think it's the weather has a lot to do with it because you know we don't get nice summers over here in the winter time you don't get much snow you don't have like so many outdoor activities even the outdoor uh, outdoor activities that you want to do they're very limited
0: because
17: people can't even it is it is climate but i have have to say i mean i i I lived in
2: i lived and worked in canada I've, i've been to america many times Canadians are big drinkers. Americans are ferocious drinkers. I don't know why we have this label of being, you know, the big drinking Irish.
17: Oh yeah, maybe, like, I guess, now that I think of it, because I was a child growing up in those areas, you know, I didn't see much of it. But, like, the biggest thing that stood out to me, I guess, was coming from New York over here, and uh, I actually went to school in Cove, and when I came over here, I was supposed to be put in technically fourth year because I graduated from middle school. So I would have been put into transition year, but because of my age, they thought I was a bit young. They put me into first year, you know, and I long story short and ended up, essentially being held back a year because of this whole situation yeah. and halfway through. Yeah. They kind of bumped me into second year, but it was too late to put me into the junior cert. So, um, like, I'm in class with kids that are much younger than me, and, like, the first questions they're asking me because they're all interested. Oh, it's a new American guy, you know? Oh, do you go drinking? What do you do? With this, that, and the other. And, like, everybody nearly already from the first week I was here saying oh we're going out drinking we're going bushing what age you know? what like, age
2: were you experiencing
17: 12 13 so years the 12 year you know. olds
2: in Cove were inviting you drinking and bushing and yeah yeah,
17: you know and like then I'm not going to lie as a teenager I did do my bit of bushing you know because I guess that's one of the things that you especially Cove like I found it was zero access to get in and out anywhere you know the train wasn't very reliable at the time and Insulario. you know, I just yeah. found you're, you're just stuck there you don't have anything to do and for the most part, everybody just follows the trend, you know, like they see the teenagers, the older kids drinking. So the younger kids start, you know, and even, leaving so is it the, night, you know, like when you get your results, everybody's drinking. But then the junior cert students are there drinking too, you know, because they want to be a part of the gang. And then junior cert night comes, you know, they get their results. Okay. You have no, I, I, kids I, as young as in first year. I get it. No, you're
2: honest and open. These are your experiences and your interpretation of uh, what it is to live here in the sense that you don't want to raise children like that here.
17: Uh, Yeah, you know, and like I I just I feel like there's not enough. It's almost like I I mentioned in the text message, it's a halfway home in my eyes, you know, and like that's a a terrible opinion to have of a country, but it's, it's kind of good. You can take the positives out of it because you can see a lot of the services and support that people in this country get are fantastic that you can't find anywhere else. If I wanted to study the degrees that I'm studying now and the, the degree that I already finished, uh, if I was in the United States, I'd be up to my ears in debt for I don't know how long. Easily yeah, but there is, an argument for, for people, there is an
2: argument to be made for people to contribute in some way, shape or form to third level education. I mean, the mantra now at the moment is that we're getting rid of all fees that college will be free to all. So therefore, we're going to create an even more bigger society of people who will go to college skilled up and have all sorts of degrees coming out the yin-yang and um, firstly there mightn't be work for them and secondly they'd be fully qualified just to go and live and work abroad at the cost and of the Irish exactly. taxpayers so that seems exactly. insane to me
17: yeah, and it's 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 incredibly sad, and it's one of the things that I've been hearing about since I first came here, you know? I'm, like, trying to establish myself, get an idea in my life of what I wanted to do, and I guess that's another reason why I mentioned this as a halfway home, because I felt like it was a halfway home for me. In New York, like, I wasn't necessarily going down the best path, you know, but I wasn't necessarily going down the worst path either, but I was just kind of confused. I didn't know what to do. And uh, when I came over here, it kind of gave me a chance because it's so boring, if I'm if I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's boring over yeah. here that, like, it makes you think. You're like, what can I do to get myself out of this situation? You know? What's boring? Like, okay.
2: What is so boring? What, what do you mean?
17: <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's just different because I grew up in the States, you know? Like, I, I if I wanted to do something like... There was, even from a young age, like if I wanted to go within my estate, you know, hang out with the neighborhood kids and stuff, we'd grab our skateboards, we'd go out to parks and, you know, we'd spend the day out from home. My parents weren't worried in one sense that where I was because they knew, one, it was a safe place, two, one, with my friends, and there's always somebody who can be contacted and we can always be found, you know. So it's
2: not safe I, for kids to do that here, but you're no longer a kid. What's boring for you as a 27-year-old? 27, 27
17: because I guess the interest that I have now, you know, like as I like, I love mountain biking, so that's one thing that I guess Ireland has like a bit of now, you know, like kind Bound of, mountains. Mountains, we got,
2: we got mountains yeah, mountain to give biking, away, you
17: know, like I, like Ballyhore mountains are amazing, you know. I love going up there. Um, people, the people come there, here for amazing. the things.
2: People come here for the things that you say aren't here or are boring. People yeah, pay money to then, come like, here.
17: But then, like you think about it, we had, we have, and we've had more you know, in Ireland. Like, there's there's a bike park up in, I think, Wicklow or somewhere in the centre of Ireland, and it was uh, it was one of the largest bike parks in, or was actually the largest bike park in Ireland and one of the largest in Europe, and uh, they were shut down now for the last three years over insurance, you know? And I'm like, this was this was a place that's that one, that's people That's one bike park levels and millions of
2: mi- but, yeah, I mean, there, know, there, like there are thousands and thousands of bike have, I'll miles. I'll give you, uh,
17: like, the Curl Woods in Middleton, you know? Um, there was fantastic trails set up there by locals who love their sport, you know. And they're going down; they're not harming anybody. But then you you go down there now and you see half the force is cut down.
2: Yeah, I know. You okay, know? You're, I, I think but you, you, like, you, you, you're, you you're pre you know you're pre wired to see the negative. You have closed uh, off but, the opportunity to look at the good. You just don't want to well, see.
17: Well, I guess just in just in my opinion, based off the things that I'm interested in, okay, you know. But okay. like, and where are you going to go? Night, uh, I think back to Canada, to okay. be honest. Okay. Like it's I just find it as, it's a friendly place, you know, friendly people. Um, if you wanted to work and you're experienced, you have a degree in something, you're going to get paid good money. There's no housing shortage, you know. And the other thing is that, like, I guess in a general day to day census, you don't need money to have fun. You don't need to plan a whole trip up to Dublin or do something to have fun, you know, because I grew up poor. I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed of it because, you know, it's something that I want to get out of now. And that's why I'm working so hard and trying to do what I'm doing is because I don't want this for my kids, you know? And I'm seeing over here that like, if I want to establish a family, I won't even be able to rent a house or I'll be able to rent a house. I won't be able to buy a house because if I'm making what, I don't know, decent salary kind of okay. um, 3,000 a month you know I won't be able to get a mortgage for 450, 500,000 for okay. the average price of no, the No I house. know
2: that I understand all of that and and but many many people are sadly in the same boat as you in that regard. Yeah. W- would you, would you yeah. mind if I got people's opinion on what you had to say and if and if I were to oh, do so oh, could oh. I sum it up as you're saying that we have we drink too much and it's boring
17: but oh. it's the, I, will that's, that be fair? It's, a very, it's Kind of, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say everybody drinks too much, but I think that as a society, a lot of activities are involved around alcohol.
2: Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Stay in touch, Arthur, okay? Okay, we'll do. Appreciate the call for now. You're not you're not leaving Thank anytime you, soon, though. No, no, no. I, it's going to be a few years before I go. All online. right, man. Stay listening. Stay listening. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Your thoughts on what Arthur has to say. Pick up the phone. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
3: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 0818 104 106,
2: Red FM. Okay, back to text in a few minutes' time. Anne-Marie's been waiting in age, just back, bouncing back to the 80s. Anne-Marie, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, you have some fond memories of the 80s. We were trying to compare decades because 80s are back in vogue now. Go ahead.
5: Oh, well, I mean, I grew up in the 80s, uh, very near you, actually, in Beaumont. Um, so I have really good memories of the 80s, but not only that, I was saying to Seamus, um, I actually got married for the second time last month, and the we played uh, at the wedding when we were coming down the aisle in the Vienna Woods, we played the team from The Greatest American Hero.
2: <laughs> for Joey Scarborough! Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not I'm losing my hair can we basically hot key, Can we maybe Hotkey Joey Scarberry then if you can get yeah. that, that tune Does it still exist somewhere on Spotify or something, does it? Oh, it does Oh, it definitely does
5: because even um when we were picking music for the afters we have a, we had a DJ and uh we went we went to Jim Cashman's pub two weekends in a row and they do eighties um, music. So we were furiously writing down all the songs from the eighties to give to the DJ to play on the night.
2: So you had an eighties gig?
5: Yeah, we did. Definitely we had an eighties gig. So I still have where believe did you, it or not,
2: yeah.
5: I have here um, I found them in the attic a couple of years ago Old LPs So I actually still have char kids 81 and 2 <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, like wham and Brass yeah. No it was not or brass around
5: Yeah yeah And the kids from fame
2: Oh god
5: I know Sad
2: <laughs> So what What do you remember of the 80s with regards to socialising
5: Oh we used to go to the Grand Parade Into Shandrath <laughs>
2: So you Yeah. Is that where you, yeah. I mean, that where you met your spiders. first husband,
5: was it? No, that was insane. Um, and <laughs> and Spiders uh, when Kenny Lee had it.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Happy days.
5: And we all and when the uh, slow songs came on in Spiders, if you weren't asked for the first dance, every ball girl's headed to the to toilet.
2: To the toilet. Yeah. For the more because they were mortified, is it? Yeah. Right. Why in the name of but God did the girls ask down. the guys to dance?
13: Oh God, you didn't. Just...
2: <laughs> it wasn't done.
5: <laughs> oh God, that's be very forward. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God, I'd say your I'd say your wedding went down a bomb with an eighties disco.
5: Oh yeah, we we danced the night nice away.
2: Good for you. Good for you. Because we
5: were we're all like most the majority of people at the wedding, of course, we're all around our own age, do you know, like early fifties. So, yeah, it was just flashback in time for all of us so and people were asked you know to give what they wanted played give songs on the invitations so everything was coming in from Queen <laughs> to Abba <Yeah>. when, <laughs> yeah, you say, so
2: when you say when you say just so finally when you say you walk down the aisle to the greatest American hero the aisle of a church <laughs> is it?
5: No, 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 because um, uh, my husband's divorced and I'm widowed, so you can't actually get married. Oh, I'm in sorry,
2: church. I didn't know that, Anne-Marie. I Didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you had the you had the whole event up the,
5: there. Yeah, we had the whole event in the Vienna Woods.
2: All right. Okay. For the, I'm delighted for you. Thanks for reminiscing with me. For those that don't it's remember, or maybe even do remember, here's a snippet of what you're talking about. Oh God. <laughs> was that from? Was it from a TV show? was not
5: it? Yeah, it was.
2: He had a cape, didn't he? He did. He did. No and one then, one I one had
8: the
2: curly hair. Curly, blondie hair, wasn't it? I
8: can't believe
12: it yep.
2: Myself. Awful song, but your Certainly
12: choice. Oh, yeah.
2: By insulting you now, saying it's an awful song?
12: Here we go! <laughs> it's not, it's a great song. Oh! <laughs>
2: sing a Fiona Kennedy. Not, <laughs> it, <I'm laughs> field, so you could do I better. <laughs> you played them all, didn't you? You played Chandra's, you played the Lacey House, you played the Courthouse Tavern. Oh, my God. It's going back.
1: yes, yeah, that is going back. I used to run a gig in the Courthouse Tavern. I'd go on and I'd do some of my own stuff and then all the people would come in. We were trying to do a kind of a songwriters thing. You played,
2: uh, yeah, you played Henry's? Oh, God, yeah. I used to
1: open for all the acts in Henry's. I used to open for John Martin. Crazy May guys. you never lay your yeah. head down. Yeah. Come on, and I, I think That was the first song I ever played on TV, on Young Line. Remember Young Line? I
2: ago? do, yeah. You so played support school. for Chris Christofferson?
1: I sure did. Oh, God. Chris Christopherson, that was James, Cush- James Cushley. Did you meet him? Um, oh, God, I did, yeah. He was just lovely such a gent a really nice guy and really put me at ease I mean I was stepping out in front of 60,000 people on my own with the guitar leg like, and it was oh it was just amazing that was thanks to Oliver Barry that's right what was Sheams and
2: all about that was was that down the park was it
1: it was it was in Park of Queens, yeah that was where the wolf,
2: do, wolf Tones almost had residencies they? Kind
1: of, they were the usual opening act because of the the GA, I presume and then there was a big act then, like, I mean, obviously the work songs were huge, but they'd have an international act then as well. And I would put on the bill, that were, you know, to go before uh, uh, Chris Christopherson. Stockton's Wing used to do that one as well.
2: Did Don McLean play, Chipsa?
1: Um, yeah, that wasn't my one, though.
2: But we yeah. at it, I wasn't oh. at, but I'd say it was just a sea of people, was it?
1: A sea of people. Best gig I ever did. Oh, Neil, it was brilliant. I will never forget it. It was just fantastic, and they were singing along with the songs, and oh, it was fantastic, and it was televised as well. I actually have it on video, you know, it was it was shown on, on TV too, yeah, like, yeah, not, not yeah.
2: live, but... So, Shimsa was, was an 80s place. thing, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. And it's wasn't
2: uh, Lark by the Lee an 80s thing, was it, or was that seventy? Lark by the Lee
1: was, yeah, and you two, remember, arrived out of the blue at Lark by the Lee, down by the river, they they made a surprise appearance of, jeez, I'll never forget seeing them suddenly appearing and jumping around on stage and God, we I, you know, they were so different at the time, they were brilliant like, I mean, they were great days of music and I still, I mean, every time I'm out playing, people come up to me and say, God, you remember the days in Chandra's and I used to be on before the disco, I was just saying to the lads there, I mean, that was a thing in the 80s, you remember, somebody like me would be on before a disco, before the nightclub. Yep. I thought that's all gone. Was, that was great It was great, really. So I'd be finished then, by 11 o'clock, like, or maybe quarter to 11, I used to play two nights a week in the Grand Parade Hotel in Chandras uh, for about two years, and I was in college. And uh, I'd get the last bus home. <laughs> there
2: was, was a lot going there. on in Chandras. There was different sections to it. I didn't play it a whole lot, but there was almost like a kind of a a kitcheny area, wasn't it? Kind of like a. It,
1: it was a big yeah. They were like the nightclubs upstairs and the the bar was downstairs where I'd be playing, and everybody be down there, and then they'd all go up to the disco after. And there was a it, it kind of developed then. Um, I forget the man now that used to run it, but he was a great supporter. I won the TV show. I won Screen Test then.
2: Was the Lucys uh, would have had? He um,
1: was least Lucy. Would, have, would have had
2: Chandras, yeah, yeah.
1: You're right. It was Jerry Lucy, and he absolutely gave me tremendous support uh, when I won Screen Test. I was playing there at the time, and I had to take time off then from the gigs and go up, uh, you know, do the show and. He was sent me flowers, and he was, oh, he was very,
2: very... So popular. what do you think makes the best decade? You know, they say the 80s is very much back in vogue. I don't... Is it back in vogue fashion-wise? Do, do you know? I mean, are flares back and platforms back? Is, is that a 70s? Fa- that was the 70s thing anyway. Is the fashion back?
1: If flares were still in, though. Like, Jesus, I'm wearing flares now, and I really shouldn't be, because they say when you're at the actual age, like, <laughs> you shouldn't be wearing the fashion.
2: Please <laughs> don't that- believe in that silly <laughs> mantra, will you? Wear whatever you bloody want. <laughs>
1: God. I know, I think it's the fashion, the music, everything, the whole vibe, you know, it was, we were kind of, I suppose we were kind of naive, we didn't know like what was ahead. You know, we were just living in the moment. It was much more in that moment. So
2: it's very much fair to say then that every decade is the best decade because the age you're at is that, you know, it could be your maybe teenage time or early 20s, that excitable time. It's as relevant to the noughties as it was to the 80s for the person of that age.
1: Yeah, yeah I think you're totally on the ball there. Anybody with kids or teenagers, you'll know they all think. They, I mean, they hate, my kids don't like my music you know, they don't like the music that I like from the eighties, whatever. And I love all that that stuff from the eighties. But then and funnily settings, enough, really. then
2: you go to down to Live of the Marquee and you see it rammed for a Tom Jones concert with people from eighteen to eighty eight. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I yeah. wasn't
1: there at No, but i go 18-year-olds at that Oh, position. my God,
2: it was amazing to see just so many right. people of all sorts of different generations, you know? Yeah.
4: But I think it's well, very
2: hard to beat the music of the 80s, though. I mean, I was around for the 70s and the 90s, but the 80s was just for me. I wasn't around for the 60s, so I don't know what that must have been like to be living through that. But mu- would you agree that yeah. musically the 80s was the most solid decade?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I remember your team tune. Remember, I'm sure we used to go to all your discos. And The Van McCoy, the hustle. Yeah, that was one of your tunes at the end of the night. That was a 70s disco hit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: God, like, oh, well, God, I'm going back now there. So I'm going to decade too early, but Jesus, yeah. Oh, we used to love your stuff at the disco. Uh, saying, oh, I might dig a
2: bit Brilliant. of that out. It's great to reminisce, though. Good to catch up, though. You're busy.
1: I am, Neil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gas to tie in with this. I have a single out at the moment, and it's called All Together now, right? And it's about the days when I was in college, and we used to all gather and all sing together. We'd have about 10 guitars, and we'd all be playing, you know, inside the college bar and, the Crescent Bar up in Sunday's Well, uh, you know, really happy times. Um, and like I was playing in a, a club in New York called CBGB's, it was a, a very famous club at one stage. And uh, it reminded me of something, and it suddenly dawned on me, gee, hmm, it's the College Bar. And the song came out of that, and uh, it's got on the RT Recommends list.
2: Well, it's I need to get a copy of it and food. get it played because I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Actually oh, it's amazing you talk about the likes of Gigs Up in the Well and Shandon Boat Club. I was sent some old video clips by or sorry, old screenshots by Kieran Barry there recently of the nurses' discos down in Shandon. I played a lot of those. Like Shandon Shandon. Shandon was a superb place for gigs. So was Conn. Do you remember all of those gigs at yeah, the Douglas Tennis con. Club? God you're
1: con I mean that's I feel our kids are missing out. I have two daughters, Neil, and I felt they missed out so much. At the discos in Conn. I mean, I'm from the South Side. On Bishopstown, and we used to walk from Cannes. We'd get the bus out to Cannes, go to the disco, and walk home in the middle of the night. Snow bathers all the lovely, warm summer nights, and we'd walk home all the way back to Bishopstown. God, gotcha. and like down in Shandon and the Lee Boat Club, all of those discos were fantastic. We danced the night away, and then the slow says. Like you I think we're, we're confusing
2: our 70s and 80s half the time to be honest with you I oh, know yeah, that's just oh, age no, but listen, listen it's go- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track down a copy of the single and give it a spin alright good to catch up with I- you
4: great. Thank you so much All dear. the best.
2: Cheers. Take care, yeah, Fiona bye. Kennedy. All the best. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's
3: Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818
2: 104 106. And so back to the price of things. My friend and I went to Tarmalinos last week. We went out for a meal for two, including a bottle of wine in a very nice restaurant listed as one of the best in Tarmalinos. The entire night they sent me the receipt. The entire evening, all of the food and drink cost 51 euro for the two of us. We share The starter and dessert had a main course each, plus a bottle of water and a lovely bottle of wine, all for 51 euro. Why would anyone go on holidays in Ireland? We went to the supermarket a few times, and the cost of general items is also much, much cheaper. We had an apartment for a week for 705 euro, so that was 350 euro each. And then I was quoted 600 euro for a room for two nights in a hotel in Galway. It's a no-brainer. Plus, you get the weather and swimming, sunbathing, etc. in Spain. I'll be going back later in the year. Ireland is doing itself out of business, if you ask me. Thanks for the show, says Mary. Well, I tell you something, I'm personally very disappointed with hotels. Time and time again, they give all sorts of reasons uh, and all sorts of excuses with regards to their prices. They never add up, really, now. The situation we find ourselves in with hotel costs at the moment is just indefensible as an industry, particularly with regards to all of the help and bailout and the reduction in VAT they got over the last two years. But... You know, you could say you live and learn, but we never seem to do so. Um, with regards to prices, I've been to a place in East Cork where they advertise a toasted sandwich. They charge you an extra 2 to toast it. On the subject of food, Cork show was an expensive day out if you wanted food. The chips were four euro or five euro. The burgers were between five and eight euro. Good God, they're taking the mickey, says Billy. Uh, At the summer show, one pizza stall charged people two euro for a tiny tub of garlic mayo. That was absolutely extortionist. It is actually. Two is way too much. I I accept that they need to charge for it but they need to come up with a fair price. Why did that person not speak to the restaurant in the first place about the extra cost of the brown sauce instead of going straight to social media when it was just an honest mistake by a staff member that was training? The staff member probably got into trouble for the mistake and now it's public knowledge. My only other thought is that I presume the restaurant is being 100% honest and not making up a story to cover their tracks. Well, I assume, I, I, I believe in people being honest, and I, they tell me it was a mistake, it, w- it was a mistake, I accept that. Just to answer your question, why did the person not speak to the restaurant in the first place? Because he didn't look at the till receipt till he went home, and then he did ring the restaurant. I got two scones, two hot scones and jam, with cream and a pot of tea for two in the Celtic Ross yesterday, served beautifully, it cost €9.50, reasonable, and I gave a 250 tip: Two hot scones, jam, cream, potted tea for two, 950, all day long. That's good. Go to Dunn's in town, a five-item breakfast with tea and toast, 5:25. Great value for breakfast, 5:25. Had a meal with my wife on the way to the Marquis in a top restaurant on Oliver Plunker Street. One starter, two main courses, one dessert. We said we wanted ice cream instead of fresh cream. They added an extra three euro to the bill. We just won't be going back there. I was charged extra for butter in a supermarket cafe in McCroom. In the cafe, I asked the girl at the till, was she for real? She says she doesn't make up the rules. Not a great store, management very poor. I won't be having coffee there again. So charged extra for the butter. Um, should be incorporated into the price, don't you think? Text 0868104106 Just a fast one with regards to Pipers down in Kinsale. Uh, I thought that there was white, white smoke and that everything was resolved with regards to the show wagon at Short key um, I don't think it's over the line yet, but they're getting closer to resolving it. Brendan, good morning.
0: Good morning, Neil. How are you? So
2: it's not. The impression I was given by the lads was everything was sorted. It's clearly not. Oh, clear by far. By far. Not, well, not by a leather- long shot.
0: Well, since I last spoke to you there, um, I had a meeting with the councillor, John O'Sullivan, he'd be the chairperson. That was two, nearly two weeks ago. The meeting went well, Neil. We talked about the history of the Showman's Wagon and Sales Fun Fair, since they were built and formed in Shark Quay, Kingsdale, in 1932. John said, yeah, after this, after me filming the history, and he did, he did no quarters, but not
2: not from being from City I understand. Yeah. Well, but, you you got support from Christopher Sullivan TD, Michael Collins TD, Shauna Donovan the councillor, Alan Coleman the councillor, and lots of others as well. That's put pressure on the council. Um, and what's the what's the county executive saying about it?
0: Well, there was a what it is, Neil. Councillor Sullivan, as of yesterday evening, has told me he is making progress with talking to the West Cork management from the council. That'll be Clodagh Keenan. I know. See. I'm not
2: interested in, in names. People are just doing their own jobs, so out of respect to yeah. them. But the summer is ne- the summer will be gone, Brendan, won't it? Well,
0: the summer will be gone. Sure, the, the this June is nearly gone. So, and by the time we go in and build up, you know, just it wouldn't be wouldn't be water time and water wine within
2: in here. So it's not just the show wagon; it's the entire fun fair.
0: Oh, the, the, the show, yeah, the funfair as well. You see, the fun... It's not only the showman's wagon and shark key that the council wants, out they also want the, 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 the funfair out of the, the Tom Park as well.
2: Like, as I say, we're nearly out of June. Out
0: of, yeah, nearly out of June. The month is flying it. And no funfair. But, when, the, but the chair... Have,
2: the chair... When I say the chair, is that the chairman of, what, the county council or is it the chairman of someone in Kinsale or saying... That significant yeah. progress has been made.
0: That's right. The, the chair would be John Wilson. I mean, the chairperson chair for the local council. Okay,
2: okay. And what do they mean and by what do they mean by significant progress? What have they said to you? No,
0: I asked. I asked him. Sorry to cut the question. I did ask John this, and John says that there's what they're doing. There's significant progress, and there's all been made. He, he said I'd be happy with the progress that's been made at the moment, but he said there's still. Out, some outstanding issues that is, and that he is pursuing. What these issues are, Neil, we don't know. I I've asked, I've asked him this, and he says, he won't tell me because he doesn't want to jinx him.
2: Okay, so stay shum, say no more, because it could jinx it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. So it's yeah. kind of touching yeah. distance, is it? Yes, exactly. We don't know. Yeah, it's just touching. Just but so, how quickly you know, then would you be able that, to get it? How quickly then would you be able to get in and open, Brendan Piper? Quickly enough?
0: Well, it's, well if we got the date to go ahead, to be quickly, quickly enough, you know. And saying that, like I was talking to John also yesterday, and John said, John is we really, he's stepping down as chairperson next week, so he wants the. He has to wrap this up this
2: week. Fair play to him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, 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 yeah, I, I thank him so much. And would that. you
2: be okay to be able to staff up and everything quickly if they get it over the line?
0: Well, sure, we should. We should, because we have a lot of our old
2: staff. Hopefully. I know. I think, I mean, you it know, would be just so great if it was just sorted, you know, because families deserve that kind of thing in the summertime. They really do. And businesses well, thank you need. so much for that. I really appreciate that. I know. You? I mean, it's just all part of, you know, it's all part of the summer, isn't it? Fun fairs. Well, it is. The Merrys. Come mean, on. It is, and it's about childhood memories, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, listen, I'm I'm not here over the next couple of weeks. Mick Mulcahy will be here, but please do stay in touch, will you? Neil,
0: I will of course, Thank you so so much for all your. Not help. at all, Brendan. Really, our fingers are, really are crossed. Our it. fingers
2: are crossed for you, pal. All right. God bless, Neil. Cheers for now, the great Brendan Piper. I hope that they do get white smoke there sooner rather than later. It'd be great to even have a resolve by the end of the week. Meanwhile, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? <coughs> Where was the residence? Where's the residence? The residence was in blarney. Street. Oh, so that's still there, isn't
10: it? Oh, it's still there, still
2: rocking away. Okay, and what's the story with the eighties and you guys? What do you do?
10: Well, the eighties never went out of fashion in the the <coughs> residence, to be honest, and it's always playing away in the background, even on Saturday night, I had a bunch of girls and who were up at the um, the old jail. There was some showing of um, uh, some cinema showing up there, and they were in, and they couldn't believe the music. They were saying all the eighties were playing. And last night I had all the rock classic of the 80s on And the place was rocking, you know I don't think they ever went out of fashion
2: not, So those that are loving it are not of that decade They didn't socialise or grow up in it They're just saying, wow, that music from the 80s We'd never well, heard definitely it definitely
10: the girls on the Saturday night They weren't of the, the 80s decade, but they loved it
2: And is that a regular thing you do?
10: Oh, we've, we always have the, the music on in the background It's just, you know, it's just our thing
2: So is the residence bar trapped in the 80s then?
10: Well, I well, I wouldn't say trap. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, I mean that in the just nicest. Just living the rocking away.
2: The nicest possible way. You, isn't that? The, doesn't that pub do a pensioners' pint? We don't do a pensioners' pint,
10: but we have special offers.
2: <laughs> just as good. <laughs> 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 All right. So, what's on Saturday night then? If people go to the residence, will they get? all of the big hits in the 80s
10: all of the big hits so they'll, they'll, the, as i say the, the music is always on in the residence not blasting now but it it the all the best hits of the 80s at a comfortable
2: level i got you i yeah, gotcha. Exactly. Right, well but, done well But
10: done. funny enough neil during the lockdown i actually trained to be a wedding celebrant and <laughs> now i marry couples now and the when couples are coming down the aisle, just like the that last caller was saying the last well, caller before people do pick out the the songs of the 80s
2: one thing we forgot about the... Oh, yeah, what did they pick?
10: Um, When I was doing a wedding a few weeks back, they had uh, Madness, It Must Be Love.
2: It must be love. Yeah, that's a good one, the old. Yeah, there's
10: another one. It. And another couple, when they were going down the recessional back down the aisle, they had um, Only You. Only
2: You I think that was the, other the I think. Flying
10: Pickets. No, no, they had the Azu version.
2: All right, okay, okay. Yeah, what about, what so about Total Eclipse of the Heart or Tainted Love or Take On Me, Be The Aha? Oh, I haven't ones. had those now for the when the bride is coming
10: down. Take the, On the, the Me? Aisle That'd be a great. Take
2: back. On Me would be a great one to be coming down after a wedding, wouldn't it? <laughs> it
10: would be, I suppose. <laughs> you think? But there's some fantastic
2: music in the 80s. <laughs> Fair play. We forgot about the karaoke in the 80s. God, that was a curse, karaoke, wasn't it? <laughs> doing a karaoke disco is the hardest thing my god Paul Byrne used to do karaoke way back in the day in the Grand Parade I think if I remember correctly in the Grand Parade Hotel do you remember Uh, karaoke? did you
10: give a blast yourself?
2: (laughs) no no I didn't (laughs) I did enough pantomime rather than be taken on karaoke (laughs) anyway thanks for the memories check out the residence on Saturday nights guys cheers Janice
3: Talk to Neil Prenderville
2: now, 0818-104-106, Cork's Red FM. Okay, a couple of texts then from Arthur's conversation. and Neil, them Yanks get very upset about small things. We Irish love the Yanks, says Desi. I don't think Yank is a term of abuse. Why is he offended by being asked where you're from? Polite conversation is now a social misbehavior. Uh, tell him to stop uh, crying. I've worked all over East Europe, Australia, Asia, and I was often asked, was I English or called a POM in Australia? Uh, grow a pair and man up, we're a nation of only a hundred years free and only experienced the massive import of foreign workers since the Celtic Tiger. Yeah, we're new to a lot of this. Yeah. Um, I always asked where, I was always asked where I'm from. Uh, Corker Kerry. We live, as they say, in woke times. What do you do? Sorry, I'll, I'll come back to more of these as well. Actually, Mick can do it tomorrow. I won't be out of, I'll be out of time. He's talking about hating discrimination against him yet. He's doing the same to Irish people by tiring them all with the one brush. Yeah. Um, uh, one or two more here. He thinks the U.S. is safer than Cork for kids. Has he not seen the number of innocent kids killed legally by illegally held guns in the U.S. in recent times, says Tom? There's all that and lots more besides, and I'll leave it to make in the morning. I have to say, I'm 100% behind, behind the, uh, um, super duper retired uh, Tony Davis, who played Gao all his life and a super guard on Lee Side. He says, Beautiful sculpture of Christy Ring hidden away in Cork Airport. Please, please consider moving it to the plaza in Marina Park. I agree. I think it's lost up there. I think more people should be talking about that. And Tony Davis wants it moved. I imagine you guys are the same. I'm out of time. Um, the, the lads were saying, What's all this about the hustle? which was uh, back in the day when you gigged or you did pirate radio and stuff like that we all had sig tunes so we had different sig tunes on radio way back in the pirate days um, I had one which was the B-side of a Boney M it was called I, think it was, I can't remember what it was the back the B-side of it it was called uh, New York City but at gigs then a lot of the gigs that we did particularly the club gigs you'd also have a theme tune you'd close off the night with it um, you know or you'd the earlier radio days we used to have sig tunes they're all gone now we just got stuck into the business but Fiona Kenny remembered back in the day years ago when I was gigging that I worked with a sig tune from uh, Van McCoy and the Soul City Symphony Soul City Orchestra was called The Hustle and they were daring me here when I play out in it this morning so I will love you and leave you mix here for the next couple of weeks I will love you and leave you as we reminisce and go way back to the 70s with Van McCoy and The Hustle I'll see you soon
0: This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode,
7: for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM content.